Blog Talk Radio. It's the most wonderful time of the year With the kids jingle belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer It's the most wonderful time of the SouthernSportsCentral.com, the Blog Talk Radio Family Network, doing what we do here on a beautiful Wednesday afternoon. I'm Richie Alba alongside Eugene Benton. I know, Eugene, you chuckled a little bit about that Christmas intro, and there is a little bit of chuckle there because it is the greatest time of the year. And boy, oh boy, the presents will be given out come Friday night around 9.30, 10.30 when the final zeros hit the scoreboard, and there's some big ones on the docket. This weekend, one of them, I'll be broadcasting on that of uh, FD Sports TV, where they welcome in, we welcome in the Somerville Green Wave. It is our game of the week. We're going to talk a little bit about that with David Shelton. He joins us at 6.30. He is, of course, on the Post and Curry, and he does a multiple amount of things for those around the great state of South Carolina and media. Can't name it all because, my God, he'd be here all day. The guy is never never down and out when it comes to an opportunity to promoting these young athletes. So David joins us at 6.30. Then what do we do? We head up to the Grand Strand. We'll be checking with the guy up on that end of the world that covers the beach and the PD. That is Brandon Dunn. He is with WPDE Channel 15 and ABC affiliate up there on the Grand Strand. We're going to catch up with the teams on the beach and all the way into Florence and find out who was the big dogs coming into this weekend and what thoughts he has of the teams coming in to that conversation because we're just another step faster getting there as week five of Among Us. That means we are talking playoffs because some teams, most teams, have already realized they're in or they're out. Now it's a position. Do they win their region? Do they get first place? Will they host or will they travel? All of those things are going to be figured out. A lot of it, at least, will be figured out this week. Now, there's still some big games like that final one in a couple of weeks where North Myrtle Beach and Myrtle Beach, that's 4A football. They'll figure out who's going to do what they do on that side because I believe it's all but done in that region 4A. Of course, the guys down there in Buford at Buford High School, they're watching anyway because they, well, they're doing their thing. But we'll get to that team in just a minute because at 7.30, we'll take a break from the great guys that do what they do on Friday nights and we'll head over to Atlanta with uh, Coach Miguel Patrick. He is the head ball coach over there with 
Cedar Grove. Now, Cedar Grove is a 3A school in the confines of Atlanta, Georgia. Now, I'm going to tell you because I've seen them one-to-one handling business, and I know a bunch of big dogs that have come out of that school, and it seems like every year they have double-digit dudes going into Power 5 football. Heck, they've even got a coach who was the head coach just a couple of years ago, Coach Smith, Jimmy Smith, who was, by the way, born and raised and bred right here in the great state of South Carolina in that Florence area in the TD market. But he ended up becoming a coach over Cedar Grove, took an opportunity to be a running back coach at Georgia State. Now he's at a Power 5 school at Arkansas, which, by the way, these guys are doing some things, the Razorbacks. He's the head running back coach over there in Arkansas. But we'll check in with uh, Coach Patrick, kind of figure out what's different in Atlanta that they're doing that we're not doing. They're a little bit, I think, I want to say they're actually right where we are. Some teams in Georgia are a little bit ahead of us. But uh, after talking to him over the weekend over some things, I want to pick his brain a little bit. How is he keeping his guys in contact with coaches? And how is he continuing to get these offers that are very few and far between? Maybe some parents can be listening. Maybe there's some coaches out here who can pick up on some of that as well. Then at 8 o'clock, we go back on the street. We'll leave the ATL. And we'll head down to the lower part of the low country in Beaufort County. We'll check in with Wes Kerr. He is with Locosports.com. We're going to talk about those big dogs down there. Of course, Hilton Head comes to mind. You've got Buford. They come to mind. I mean, there's so many teams that just I don't think, Eugene, get the love, and that's why I love what we do here at Southern Sports Central. We try to bring everybody in. So tonight is kind of a toast of the coast, if you will, as we'll be focused on the coastline of South Carolina. We'll cover it from the Grand Strand and all the way down to the Savannah South Carolina, Georgia border, if you will. Eugene, what's up on uh, North Charleston side of things, bro? Oh, you know, the sun is setting. It's uh, pretty interesting. It's 6 o'clock last night. It seemed to be about around 6.30, 6.40. But the sun's setting. It's pretty quiet today. Uh, weather's starting to cool off. It's really nice, man. But, you know, it's so funny. I, I just put that uh, that, that famous uh, gif out there on um, our Twitter page about the uh, – the old Mora with playoffs and playoffs. Are you kidding me? I mean, just because it, it, it's very strange to be, uh, you know, four games into the season for a lot of teams. And, and now, you know, this is it. As to, you know, there are a lot of teams that are playing um, Friday night and uh, it's win or go home. Um, I was talking to some kids I was working with yesterday. <clears throat> and one was uh, from Bishop England, one was from Hanahan. They play Friday night. And the winners in the playoffs, losers <laughs> – that's it for the season, you know, and there, there's a few other schools. Now, for Somerville and 4D, uh, those guys, you know, whoever wins is first place, as you know. Uh, the, the, whoever loses is second place, so both teams do make the playoffs for those um, for that group. But, that, you know, there's some other ones, and, you know, we'll definitely get um, B. Shelton's uh, opinions on those games, you know, those ones that you know, have come down to the wire. But it's just, it's just so strange, you know. Um, I don't like to use the word new normal because I don't like this new normal, so I'm going to call it what it is, and to me it's going to be abnormal. But uh, there are you know, certain things about the playoff or, or the schedule that you and I talk about we like. I love this weather. I love having the, the crunch time where it seems like every Friday night is a, um, an NCAA tournament-type game where you feel like if you lose, you're done. So um, it, it's pretty exciting, man, and uh, we're definitely looking forward to some games. You know, and I know Myrtle Beach has a big one coming up, you know, and, and we'll talk about that with him when he gets on between Myrtle Beach and North Myrtle Beach. Both teams are undefeated. 
One's ranked number one in the state. One's ranked three in the state. So that should be pretty cool, you know, to discuss when he gets on here too. Yeah, now they don't play for a couple of weeks. If I'm not mistaken, they actually, you know, they have more teams in their region than others. Four A teams, you know, they've got kind of a different deal. You know, five A, there's not an at-large game that's in there, a team that's in there. It's basically top two, you're in. Everybody else is watching from the sidelines. In four A football, and maybe three, two, and one, and we can ask all of our beat writers if they join us here throughout tonight's broadcast. But I know that the 4A guys do have a couple of teams that are going to get some at-large bids because they got so many teams. I understand it. You know, again, it is kind of is what it is. And I hate to say that slogan as well. A little bit Monday is that maybe the commissioner of the South Carolina High School League Maybe he'll look at some of the things that we're doing and maybe adapt a few things. I don't really, per se, have a problem with starting after Labor Day. You know, I think there's some pluses to it. Maybe let them practice earlier. I don't mind the practicing earlier. But as far as playing a little later, I like that. Because it also allows these guys, and maybe they look at starting school like they did when we were growing up after Labor Day, because it allows these guys to go to camp. You know, there's so many things that are built before they even get on the field. You know, when I played, you know, we went to camp. You know, I know Somerville did their camp thing. Other schools went to their camp thing. And you remember the Titans, they did their camp thing. That is when the biggest bonding experience happens. Yeah, you can do it on the football field, but you go home every night. It's when you go out and you leave the confines of the, the area that you live in. Mamas and daddies get left behind. And as Coach Boone would say, I'm your daddy now. That's where that becomes a reality. And you have to find a way to get through all of the nonsense. So by the time you come back, you're already good. You already know that gentleman that's going to be standing either beside you on the field, on the sideline, or maybe riding with you on the bus a lot better than you would in this new deal. And, again, I I like it for that reason. I also like it for the – well, of course, you know, the one thing that everybody is, and that is the humidity that is the, the opportunity of cramps dehydration and, and, of course, the health scares that we've had in that week one, which around here they call it week zero, which I think is retarded. But, you know, I think when you look at it and, and, and perspectively, right, that you have to understand that some things probably need to go back to the way they were way before this happened, you know, and, and that's not just on the football field. It's just in life in a lot of ways as far as, you know, getting out of people's faces. But, you know, for me – Let's talk playoffs for a minute, Eugene. This is week three. Once we start in about three or four weeks of the playoffs, we're basically starting in week three. So that week one of Cinderella and winning a big game and all that other jazz, that's out, right? Because everybody in their number one or two slot, maybe a few threes, pretty good. You know, at least they've got winning records, right? They've got probably no more than two losses coming in. So for me, you know, I, I, I think you kind of look at it. I like it better. You know, there's a, one of the things that I like uh, about it, too. And, again, I'm not much of a negative man, too, so I'm not going to sit here and say, well, I wish we had a little bit more football. You know what? It's worked out. You know, the one thing I think that people love football more than they do other sports is because, Eugene, the season isn't as long. You know, baseball is forever long. Maybe even that commissioner learned. And, by the way, kudos to my Dodgers. Big win last night. Kershaw looked like he did 10 years ago for the first time in a while. Good win for us there. Hopefully we'll do it again tonight. But I hope that baseball 
Eugene looks at that schedule and says, you know what? Cool. This seems to work out. It's a smaller schedule. I still think that they could benefit out of not playing so late in November. I think that they would benefit by trying to finish somewhere around the kickoff of football season. But that's just me. I think basketball is too long. I think that's where they lose a lot of interest. I think hockey is too long. But I think that one thing that makes football so great is that it is not such a stretched out season. Now, we're going to get a lot of free football in the spring, as you and I were talking about the Citadel and uh, Charleston Southern and some of these other schools that are going to be playing that didn't get a chance to play here coming up uh, this season. But, you know, we'll see. I'm curious to see how much we've taken from some of the things that we've learned during this awkward time, if you will. What are some of your thoughts coming out of this as we're midway through a lot of that football season, be it the NFL, college, or even high school talk, man? What are some of the positives you've seen, brother? Well, I do want to say, I want to piggyback something real quick about uh, I love baseball. That is actually my favorite sport. Um, I agree with you. I wish baseball would. Uh, you know, you can start in March or whatnot, April. I do think it should be cut off in about September. Uh, you know, we've seen baseball go as late as November, you know, end of October. I really think, you know, cutting it off. And also, too, like you said, you know, football has a perfect model where they have one game a weekend and it's stretched out over, you know, 16-game whatever season. With baseball and basketball, you know, your team is playing – you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, sometimes Thursday, Friday, an off day. Then they're on three, four days schedule, whatever. And it's hard to keep up and follow your team like that. You know, with the NFL, with college, with even high school football, you know what game is on the schedule. It's one day. It's at a certain time. Now, I'm not saying baseball should go to, you know, you you play 30-game season or anything like that, but appreciate a good three-game series. But I think, you know, you just got so many – Going to 162 games in a season, I thought was crazy, even back then. Um, but so the one good thing I was glad to see is they mix it up a little bit better, you know, with the interleague games and stuff like that. But, you know, um, so that's one thing. Uh, another thing, a positive thing, um, I do like, from what I can tell, there's been, we haven't heard, again, knock on some wood, um, of any of the heat exhaustion uh, type injuries this year. You know, the kids that come into things like that, that was something we were super concerned with, with the uh, lack of conditioning over the summer uh, compared to years past. That's definitely a positive. I've enjoyed, you know, uh, being out at football games in much cooler weather. Uh, again, that's uh, that's been a pretty cool thing. Uh, I've enjoyed the, you know, the compression, the um, – chess matches and everything else, you know, as it relates to, you know, like with high school football here locally, uh, well, locally meaning throughout the state of South Carolina, just because of, you know, the pressure for the playoffs, not having, you know, you didn't have a team that could go, you know, one and 10 or, or two and nine and still make the playoffs. So that's been pretty interesting because it's been very action packed. You know, you got some pretty, pretty stout teams, you know, for example, we had, um, Dorman picked as one of our top teams in the state coming into the season. And, uh, you know, they're one loss from not even being in the playoffs. And, and they have some pretty good uh, games left on their schedule. So it's been it's been interesting, and that's why I'll say, it, you know, um, a positive thing has been it's just been so dang interesting to try to keep up, you know, because you can't. Um, unfortunately, we have a lot of teams that haven't had a chance to play a good bit, so, th- so that's not a positive. But um, it does look like because of – you know, the scheduling changes and things like that, that uh, they might pick up some opponents 
and kids get a chance to play teams they never would have thought of playing. So it could be, a, you know, turn a negative into a positive experience there. So we'll, 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 we'll go with the uh, positive part on that one. Now, the one thing I did here today, and this is kind of breaking maybe for some, maybe not for everybody, but for me it was, was that Conway and both Ashley Ridge did not make the playoffs. That's, that's a done deal. But if uh, you remember back in the earlier part of uh, the pre-football conversation, Commissioner Singleton of uh, the South Carolina High School, uh, you know, the league, said that they would get a plus one game if they didn't get in the playoffs, Right. Already penciled in, Conway and Ashley Ridge will be playing. So there's still going to be one more game for those teams who didn't make a playoff. So I guess you're giving them, you know, find somebody to play and schedule it in and make it happen. So from my understanding, and I don't have that source intact, but I can tell you that where there's a little bit of smoke, there's usually some pretty good fire. And it looks like to me that getting together at that fire to get some s'mores together is going to be Conway and Ashley Ridge, which means, you know, West Ashley, oh, you guys are going to get another game. Um, or if you look over at, uh, you know, Stafford, there's Denny's had a great year. Missed the playoffs, but very young, lot to build from. You meet Wando and some of them the same year, and they still got some more football, by the way, left. But they still can finish this thing off strong. It's just, it's tough. You know, it's just tough when you're going against, uh, you know, Goose Creek and Berkeley, you know, those are, those are guys that you kind of – you got respect for. You know, but we'll see how that works out down the road. I think Coach Denny's got some good things going. But even Kane Bay, you know, they're going to get them an extra game. There's another big game, by the way, up at the Wood this weekend. Check this one out. Timberland and Woodland go head-to-head Friday night. You guys know that is a big-time old-school robbery, right? 2A football headed-to-head. You guys – Nation side knows a little bit about both of these teams. But the winner, be it Woodland, they win the region. And that means a lot for that athletic director, friend of the show here, Coach Seiber. Because that puts his boys in pretty good shape. Now, remember, they got a quarterback pretty good. They got not one, but two good quarterbacks by adding KJ Rollins. My dude scored three touchdowns. Last Friday night, they added Marcus Morrison to the defensive backfield over there. Oh, that dude is laying some wood down at the wood. He is handling business and handling it well as they shut out in their game last week, 50 to nothing. We'll talk to David a little bit about that game as well. But that's another big-time matchup coming up. There's just a lot of great games, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. You know, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I, you know, I just like this season, Eugene. Because, again, you said it, we've said it, we continue to echo it, and that is a, a simple fact. It's a simple fact that uh, every game since week two has been a playoff game. Even week, even week one was a playoff game because if you came out of the gate and lost in week one, as a lot of teams did, what half the teams in the state did, right, the other half won, they already started negative in the hole with not another mulligan left to give. You think week two, teams were eliminated out of the playoffs by having two losses. just wasn't going to happen. wasn't going to happen. And I'm sure there may be a region here or there that may have a team that loses two or three, which is rare. But I can tell you, you know, even when Somerville, well, Somerville lost in week one. Here's the key, though. It was outside of region play. 
Somerville found a way for Colby Shirey and a bunch of those dogs over there to do what they do. And they got some hunters. They got some guys that could get it done. They got a big old number eight sitting on the defensive end. You know, he's, he's handling business. They got a guy coming through the linebacker core over there, number 40. He's going to try to put some penetration this week. They, they've got everything to play for this weekend. Think about it. They lose in week one, Eugene, against Stratford in that midnight mass service, right? They're the only team that played at midnight. Literally, they played from Friday to Saturday, right, because it didn't end until 1 o'clock. They took a tough one. The loss didn't go against them in region play. So here they are coming in to the fort, and it's a tall task, no doubt about it. I'm going to tell you something. Fort's got some power, man. It's a different ball team over there. I'm very impressed with what I've seen in four weeks on every angle. But you got to think in your mind, this is a game that comes down to region play, possibly a top seed, but sure. Or do you get number two seed? And you know what you get is your gift of making the playoffs, Eugene? You get to go to Dutch Fork on the road to start the re- to start playoffs in week one. And that's, uh, that's a pretty tall task to come off of one. And uh, you'll get a couple of games to prepare because you got two season games left between the two of them. But that's uh, – that's kind of what a lot of teams are looking at right now. I know, you know, uh, Coach Call over there and, and Oceanside, they've got, a, they've, got a, they've got a good game this weekend coming up. But have they lined up? And, Eugene, you would know this because you, you, you've got your eyes on that program on a regular basis. But have they locked up that number one seed? Is that basically a done deal after last week and beat Battery Creek? Yes. Yeah, yes. They have won the region title and locked up the one seed. Uh, the one seed this year in the lower state actually uh, – if the one seed keeps winning, they host every. I mean, uh, for Region Eight of Three A, uh, the one seed hosts every game. So all he got, all he's got to do is keep winning, and he'll host every game, uh, including what looks to be the state championship if that does go through and and they play in the lower state. But um, it looks like uh, based that, on the bracket, the first round uh, playoffs because so Friday night's academic magnet. Then they have the sister school with Gray Collegiate. Um, and that game will be all those games will be played at the Citadel. Both both those okay. games are at the Citadel, and then because uh, the game was originally scheduled for South Carolina State, uh, which is where it was played two years ago, and uh, obviously you, you know we can't they can't have a high school program or high school game on their field this year inside the stadium. So um, RBG, that that's, game that's a two A school interval, right? Because Gray is still down in two A, and Oceanside has moved up to three A. Is that correct? That's correct. That's correct. Okay. Oceanside has about 705 kids. Gray is around 590. So that keeps them in 2A and Oceanside in 3A. Um, so, but they have Academic Magnet uh, at home. Then they also have Gray Collegiate at home. And then it looks to be, if the brackets hold true, uh, I'd have to look and see how they, um, if anything's moved around this Friday night. But it looks like they could be hosting Aner in the first round. Um, Camden depending on how it goes, Camden's a pretty solid team. So it could be either Camden or uh, what would make it really interesting would be if uh, Orangeburg-Wilkinson gets the upset, then uh, Coach Crosby would be playing against Coach Crosby. <laughs> That's uh, Casey Crosby's father, who's now the head coach of Orangeburg-Wilkinson. Uh, but right now, just based on that, that region, it looks like it would be Camden in the third round. Uh, if they keep winning, uh, willing to bet, it's probably going to be Dylan in the lower state championship game. That's just kind of the, how it's set up. However, there's another team called Gilbert. The Indians are pretty pretty good. Uh, they're 4-0. Uh, 
they got a great defense, pretty powerful offense up there near Columbia. So um, there's some really good teams, but right now the top teams, uh, if you look at rankings and um, and things like that, you got Gilbert, Oceanside, Dillon, and uh, Camden. That's pretty impressive, uh, you know, roster. Because, again, Dillon is a team that everybody knows. I mean, I'm very familiar with Dillon back in the day. They were 4A football in my days of playing back in the 90s. Uh, so, I'm very familiar with what those guys bring to the table, by the way. They've got – always got great players across the board. But, again, you line it up, you set it up, you spot the ball, you play the game, and it's just the way it works. So, again, I know that, uh, you know, Oceanside would be ready had that time come. There's a lot of football between that time. You know, there's a big question mark. Do we play? Do we not play? If we clinch the region and the region games are over, you play. You do not want to not play. I've never understood guys that took off even once they did it. You see it in the NFL a lot of times because they didn't want to get hurt. But there's a little bit of rust that builds up, man. Just play through. Play through. Keep that momentum going. Keep that thing going. Keep that energy happening. To me, that's just me. I would play at worst three quarters, even if it's not a non-region game because I know there's a lot of teams in – and regions here are going to be coming up after this weekend. It'll be nine region games. For you look at, for example, the Fort, they travel to Wando next week. They then go to Berkeley. Well, there's a good tune-up games as they'll get ready for probably River Bluff if they win Friday night. All right? They also have, if you look at that bracket, Eugene, I don't know if you've got that bracket pulled up. I think you've done a good job getting prepared for our bracket talk. But you look at that one. And uh, I'm not sure who the second-tier teams that would come through, but I do know the third wave would be Sumter, if I'm not mistaken. And then it's the lower state, which would be at probably Dutch Fork. Now, Dutch Fork, it does – you know, they kind of hold that number one seed this year. Unlike last year, it came through the lower part of the lower state, which came through uh, Fort Dorchester. But uh, you you get all those conversations, man. It's, uh, It's sizing up to me. And, again, I, I get it. You know, it, it's definitely a different feeling out here with all the football talk we're talking right now. But, to me, there is a lot of things happening. we got to take a break here in just a minute, man. But, uh, again, there's just so many, so many things for us to cover, man. And that's my thing is do we have enough time to get to everything? We don't know. We do know that we're over there on the web hanging out on social media at SO Sports Central. That's us. Also on Facebook at Southern Sports Central. You can also uh, find us over there on Instagram. Got to get a little better, but we'll get there. As um, we're over there at Southern Sports Central on Instagram. Going to a break. We'll uh, come back, and we're going to catch up with uh, a man that knows a lot about a lot of stuff. But when it comes to Friday nights, he's kind of like the Friday night whisperer. That's David Shelton. He's going to be catching up with us here at a break, guys. So you don't want to go anywhere. Grab something to drink. Get your pencil and paper because class is about to begin here shortly, guys. You're listening to Southern Sports Central live right here on Block Talk Radio, southernsportscentral.com, guys. Don't go anywhere. And George Foreman admits that he gave Muhammad Ali everything he had, and Muhammad Ali grabbed him and pulled him to him. Old man hadn't fought in years, hurt. And Muhammad Ali pulled him to him and said, is that all you got? And George Foreman said when he heard the words that all you got, it penetrated his spirit. And said, I didn't gave my man everything I got. I can't see him to knock me down. 
And Muhammad Ali said when he said that to him, he looked into the pupils of his eyes and he said at that point he knew George Foreman had lost. Lay hold of it. You lay hold of it. And when that thing tells you to quit, you look at it in his eye and say, I ain't going nowhere. I will break you before you break me. You will not defeat me. You will not destroy me. Some of you are so ignorant. You've been through so much hell. You gonna quit now? You should have quit 10 years ago when you got raped. You should have quit 10 years ago when he walked out on you. You should have been quit. You don't quit now. It's the 10th round. You got two more to go. And when you get to success, it's not about skill. When you get to a certain level of success, it's about stamina. It's about stamina. It's about you won't break me. You can't take me. It's too late. You should have broke me a long time ago. I'm unbreakable now. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? You're not hearing what I'm telling you? Y'all thinking it's about talent. It's not. It's about taking the gift you got and, and laying hold of it. Have you ever laid hold of something? You created that thing. This ain't no job. That thing speaks about who you are as a person. How you approach life. This ain't no, this ain't no gig. This is the essence of who I am. This is my spirit. This is my character. This ain't no job. Why are you treat it like a job? It's your calling. You took responsibility when I wasn't willing to take responsibility. Don't disrespect nobody that did that. I used to disrespect my, my father who raised me because he wasn't my biological father. I used to disrespect him. Now I honor him. I used to think like, yo, you lied to me. No, you didn't lie to me. You gave me your last name. You took responsibility that didn't belong to you. That was somebody else's responsibility. And you took somebody else's responsibility. To that, I will owe you for the rest of my life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It wasn't. Time to bring in the man, the myth, and the legend. That's right, David Shelton joins us now. He is a prep writer for the Post and Courier, Charleston Southern, beat writer, also writes for the High School Sports Report, and he does it all right here, not only in the low country, but around the great state of South Carolina. David, happy Wednesday, buddy. How's it going? Hey, going good. How are you doing? I'm all right, man. I just left practice over at the fort. These guys getting ready for, I hear there's a big matchup somewhere. On Dorchester Road, I don't know if you've heard, uh, Somerville taking on the Ford, all uh, the region on the line. I mean, that's one thing that hasn't changed. I mean, all this craziness, right? It still comes down to Somerville and Ford for this region play. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's uh, been kind of a kind of a crazy year, kind of a weird weird season. Uh, but but when it all shakes out at Somerville Fort, and uh, both teams are going to the playoffs, but. You want to be number one. You want to win that region and get a number one seed and, and have an easier first-round game. Not that they're, yeah, this year there's not going to be a lot of easy first-round games because you're talking about the top two teams in every region. So that's that's pretty good football where in the past, you know, if you won the region, you'd be playing a four seed and, and, and 
more than likely would be heavily favored. But it's not going to be that way this year in the playoffs. So, so Friday night is, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a pretty important game because I think – I might be wrong. I might have the brackets mixed up in my head, but I think the winner – the the loser will have to go to Judge Ford in the first round. That is correct. Uh, I'm, I'm not positive that, but if that's right, uh, that's that's a incentive right there to uh, to win the game Friday night and, and and miss Dutch Fork in the first round. Yeah, and, uh, and if I'm not mistaken, the winner of that game will get River Bluff. Who everybody? Well, they're assuming River Bluff's going to finish second, I guess, in that region. Uh, like you said, at least they're not going to go from that game straight into the playoffs because there's a couple more games in between A and I guess that would be C or E or D or something. But, you know, that's kind of, uh, you know, uh, I guess a, a motivation, as you would say, you win the region, you get number one, you don't have to go to Dutch Fork in round one of the playoffs. Now, that game, as you know, is, it's going to be as packed as it could be with the stipulations of COVID and all that as well. I'd imagine that may be a game that you may be venturing to on Friday night, but uh, we'll start with that game. Why not? It, it's our game of the week, and I'm sure it's right on the top of your list as well, David. But what do you look for in this game? It seems like uh, the coaches over there have done a, a really good job of regrouping. They found ways to win, and that's what good teams do. You know, they got past West Ashley in a 3 to nothing game that we don't really ever see that in uh, in high school football. And you, We actually saw it twice already here in the low country. And then they beat a rival team out of Ashley Ridge with another nail fighter. But, again, Coach Rafferty and all his guys finding ways to win. What's your take on this game and, and a key for Somerville to win and a key for Fort? What do they got to do? Well, I, I think, I mean, honestly, if I'm just going to be honest, I think the only way Somerville wins this game is Fort Dorchester plays very bad and turns the ball over. They're, they're better. Uh, they got more talent. Uh, they're more experienced. Uh, Somerville offensively is still not there. They're, they haven't got it together yet. Um, last two weeks they've won games with their defense and uh and and that defense is going to be really tested by fort dorchester's offense so you know unless you know if fort turns the ball over several times or or something crazy or if fort doesn't show up on defense and somerville can score i mean i i my gut tells me somerville is going to have to find a way to score 28 points to have a shot and you know they haven't done that this year, except for against Stahl, uh, right. which kind of doesn't count. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I I just I think Fort. I mean, Fort's good. I mean, they're they're the better team. They're the best team in this area, and uh, it's going to take. Uh, you know, now you throw in the rivalry thing, and someone was telling me yesterday. You know, they say, well, you know, a couple years ago, you know, Somerville beat them at Fort. I said, yeah, but they had Jonathan Bennett at quarterback. <laughs> that was a little different. That was a different football team uh, uh, than the ones going in there Friday night. So, uh, I, you know, upsets happen. And, I mean, Philip Simmons beat Timberland the other night. I mean, upsets happen. But I, I just think right. I just think Port Dorchester is the better team. And, and they do not appear – to be a team that doesn't come ready to play. Like, they've been up every Friday night. They put people away quick. You know, Goose Creek was a, was supposed to be a challenge, and it wasn't. Um, you know, I, I just think, uh, you know, West Ashley, you know, having a good year, coming off that tough loss to Somerville, people thought, you know, hey, they got a shot. Yeah, well, they didn't. So I, I just, uh, as much as I love Ian, and, you know, he's going back to where he coached for so many years, and he knows – one advantage is he does know 
what goes on at Fort Dorchester. He does know that that personnel, but or they're just loaded. I mean, sometimes one team is just better, and I, I think Fort Dorchester is just the better team. You know, David, I think the other thing that I look at is that if you think about this defense at Fort Dorchester, we talk about how good defenses are, and, and why I didn't think even watching them last year from a different angle and being around them a lot closer this year, this team has not defensively in two games. They haven't given up a touchdown. In two games, they yeah, they're good. was one of them. Yeah, and, and, and yet they lose both Johnson boys, not to mention a couple of other amazing guys. One guy, by the way, I believe is at South Carolina. I mean, they've got – They've got a lot of guys in, in, in spots that weren't there last year, but, but they've like they've reloaded, if you will, not to mention brand-new defensive coordinator because the defensive coordinator is now the offensive coordinator. I mean, and then, of course, Zoltan Osborne. You know, I keep getting asked this by guys around the state and around the pockets around the country is this kid's got to be a junior or senior, not to remind them. This kid's a sophomore. I mean, you see in baby pictures, well, I mean, he's just, uh, just a sophomore. And then they've got uh, a lot of different packages, but then – you know, I think Somerville kind of brings in a Colby Shirey who does bring in the legs that he's able to run around a little bit. But they're really young in a lot of positions. I know they lost a handful of guys last year to, uh, you know, recruit you know, to, to, of course, to, to college with Brody Hopkins leaving and uh, number five, which has become a big number over there. But when you, when you look at things overall, you know, it seems like it could be. We'll see if it's going to be the game. Uh, for some of those they'll need. Now, staying somewhat in that area, there's another game a little bit higher up on 78, and that's going to be up there at the Wood. Now, Woodland and Timberland, Woodland playing for a region championship. Now, we're going down to 2A from 5A, but it's going to have a very big, warm, welcome feeling for a lot of those Woodland Wolverines as they've got a very loaded team. Now, what do we think out of Woodland, and what have you seen? Maybe does this have the potential of them going deep in the playoffs as well? Uh, you know, a couple of rounds, I would say, uh, you know, their defense is, is suspect, uh, Abbeville kind of exposed them. Of course, Abbeville exposes everybody. So that may not be a fair, but, you know, I, I don't think the lower state in two a is, is especially, uh, loaded. So, you know, Woodland with their offense, the way they can score certainly would, would, uh, would probably have a chance in a, you know, but they got to win, they got to win Friday night, uh, you know, that I, I don't think Timberland is going to be a pushover. I think Timberland, with that loss to Phillip Simmons, may have woke them up uh, because, I mean, when you talk about when you talk about talent, I mean, Woodland, I mean, Timberland has a lot more talent than, than Phillip Simmons. You know, I don't know the details of that game, but, but for Timberland not to score, um, that that would be a concern if I'm a Timberland fan that that, that Philip Simmons would would shut them out. Now Woodland's defense is not great, so I think Timberland will find a way to, to score some. But but now they're going to have to score with Woodland because Woodland's going to put it up a lot and they're going to score some points. Uh, and and that gives them a shot in the playoffs. But I really believe, uh, you know, my experience over 30 years is when you get to that third round or so. You better be able to stop people. Uh, you got to play defense because you're going to run into a pretty good defense. You know, maybe a Barnwell, uh, who also got totally shocked last Friday night by Pelian. Um, but but you know, you talk about wake up calls. Uh, Timberland may have gotten one. Barnwell may have gotten one. But uh, I think Willis definitely got a shot to win the game uh, just because of their ability to score. But uh, that, that wouldn't shock me if that one didn't get into the 30s. Both teams. 
Now, of course, uh, Woodland wins that game. I believe they win the region tomorrow night or Friday night. Yeah. That's going to be a big one. They yeah. did add, uh, of course, Marcus Morrison, who came from Somerville. He's one of the new DBs back there. He's playing some lights out, corner action, and then in the running back. It doesn't hurt to add a, a guy that's a track star uh, on the, the springtime, but he's a track guy in the football season. And, and, and having a guy, of course, uh, that I know you covered when he was at Somerville, it, it's, uh, it's helped coaches up there having a nice one-two pack down there in the backfield as well. Yeah, you know, and Woodland had a good running back. Uh, they do, however, but he came back, Mark Bryant. I mean, he, he was he was their leading rusher last year, and he's, he's really good. So you throw K.J. in that mix, K.J. Rollins, and, you know, K.J. can catch the ball. They can line him up out there if they need to. Uh, and put and keep Mark in the backfield, or they can they can swap them out or whatever. So it just you know the quarterback is really solid, really good thrower. They got really good receivers, and and uh, and they got to run. Their offense is good. I mean, their offense uh, can do some things. For Abbeville to shut them out, uh, kind of tells you what Abbeville's got because because uh, Woodland can Woodland can score the ball. There's no question. Now let's go back uh, on the other side of I-26, head into Berkeley County. We'll talk Berkeley. We'll talk Goose Creek. I believe it's definitely Goose Creek has won themselves another region championship after their win last week. And Berkeley, which is that second kind of position there. Uh, what do we expect out of that side of the region over there in 5A football, David, on Friday night? Uh, you know, we, we always ask the question, and you see this in the NFL, when teams clinch spots to go in the playoffs, do they play, do they not play? Uh, but but I'm agreeing that thinking that that you always should play at least play three quarters and stay fresh and stay sharpened. But what is your thought process in that region? Is now Strafford is eliminated. Of course, uh, Wando is out and Cane Bay. All three now will get an extra game. But we'll talk about that before I get you off of here. But what do you see? Any any headlines coming up this weekend over there? Well, well, I mean, uh, well, Berkeley hasn't clinched yet. Uh, if Cane Bay beats Berkeley, Cane Bay will be the runner up. Uh, now. That being said, I don't think Cane Bay will beat Berkeley, but uh, Berkeley has to. Berkeley has a loss, and uh, and Cane Bay has two losses. So you're assuming uh, that yeah. Goose Creek's going to beat Stratford, um, which they should. So if Cane Bay were to beat Berkeley, they'll be in the playoffs. I mean, they're playing for second place now. The the the, the winner of that game is going to play Sumter, and when you you look at this, look at what Berkeley has the next four weeks. They have Cane Bay Friday night. Then they have non-region with Somerville, non-region with Fort Dorchester. And if they beat Cane Bay, they'll have Sumter in the first round of the playoffs. Wow. I mean, you talk about a gauntlet. <laughs> now, they'll be favored to beat Somerville. But, but if I'm – I mean, if I'm Berkeley – I ain't playing Fort Dorchester the week before I play Sumter. I, I'm not doing it. I'll be like, hey, you know what? It was a good idea, but let's not play. These these games at the end of the re at the end of the year, after the region, just don't make sense to me. If I'm, I'm I would why not play those games before the region, and then play your region? I had a coach tell me the other day, you know why? why he said he don't even want to play. He's clinched his region title. It's not around here. And he's like, I got two games at the end of the year before the playoffs. He goes, what if I lose my quarterback? Or what if right. I rest my starters and, and they don't stay sharp and I get blown out? He goes, I would have rather played Team A and Team B week one and week two and then play the region schedule and then go into the playoffs. So there's a lot of 
I've already heard of one game on November 6th being being they just canceled it. Um, so now they they weren't in the playoffs. It was just one of those deals where neither team was going to be in the playoffs, and I think they didn't really want to keep playing. You know, so but but I mean, if you're Berkeley, you got to play Cane Bay, Somerville, finish up. Now Cane Bay may not beat them, but Cane Bay will will beat them up. I mean, they're physical. And then and then Somerville sure. is a big rivalry, and then you got Fort, you know that will beat them up, uh, unless they rest their players. I, I and Fort's the same way. I mean, if you're going to play River Bluff in the first round, do you play your guys against Berkeley a lot? Because Berkeley will be physical. I mean that that game Berkeley Fort Dorchester is like a is like a playoff game. I mean that's that's what you would see in the third round of the playoffs, and then you go right into the playoffs and and. I don't know, man. I, I I mean, maybe I'm just a scaredy cat, but I wouldn't be playing these games. I wouldn't be doing it. <laughs> well, I think there's a lot of questions. We're live right now with David Shelton, prep writer for the Post and Courier, Charleston Southern beat writer, writer for the high school sports report in multiple stations here, not only locally in Charleston, but around the great state of South Carolina, talking Friday Night Lights. And you even look at, David, look at the fourth. I mean, they play Somerville this week. They go to Wando. They go to of course, Berkeley. Their final two games are on the road, and like we just talked about, if it works the way it does, River Bluff right out of that. So, yeah, I, I, I see both sides of, of the coin, and of course, there's that kind of that other conversation that we're not going to bring up in here that it seems like we've, we've done a great job this side of I-95, and I hope we keep doing that great job over here. But, uh, yeah, there's there's are all great questions that we're kind of waiting to see how it works out, and here we, here we go now, just trying to get through this season to get to that second part of the season, which is you know, the playoffs. Now, let's look at 3A. Now, Oceanside wins, Battery Creek. Yes, they're in. You know, Eugene and I were talking about this just minutes ago. And Hanahan, Bishop England, everything's on the line Friday night. Of course, uh, new coach at Hanahan knows how to do it, has done it multiple times for many, many, many years at Timberland. But what is your thoughts on Bishop England and Hanahan when they square off probably one of the biggest games in the low country side of things in 3A? Yeah, I mean, there's uh, it's all it's all about making the playoffs uh, Friday night, and, and I think the two teams match up pretty well. I think uh, I think it'll be a physical game. You know, uh, Bishop England's offense is is pretty dynamic. They can they can score some points. Uh, Hanahan's got those two running backs, Shaw and Rivera. Uh, so so they're going to try to pound the ball. Um, both teams kind of play some guys both ways. Um, both teams lost to Oceanside, uh, and you know. Hanahan a little closer than Bishop England. Uh, I mean, Hanahan's got maybe better overall athletes, but Bishop England's got a couple of really key players, a long kid at running back, Marinero at at quarterback, Uh, Gresh is a receiver, running back, linebacker uh, type kid that's a really, really good high school football player. So I I look for that to be a really, I think it'll be a really good game. That's the game I'll be going to, in fact, and I, I think it'll be a, you know, when you when you have all that on the line, you know, where where it's pretty much you win, you're gonna be in the playoffs, you don't win, you're not gonna be in the playoffs, that puts a lot of a lot of intensity into the game. So I, I and, and and they you know, they're long time rivals, so I mean they're gonna get after each other. It'll be a good football game. Yeah, there's a lot of uh like we'll see Friday night at Fort Norchester. I'm sure you'll see some of that uh at Bishop England and uh Hanahan. A lot of uh Familiar faces in different places, but a lot of uh, connections way off the field before they even get to the field. There's a lot of lines across in different ways 
as we're live right now with David Shelton. Now, David, what other actions happening around? I know James Island's trying to get back out on there and get back on that horse and get after it. We had their head coach in here with us on Monday night. But what do you see in 4A down even as far as Buford? It seems like Buford's kind of in a league of their own down there, kind of like you see the Ford up here in 5A. They kind of are that down in 4A as they're just waiting to see who are they going to get a chance to at least be competitive with up there on the Grand Strand, either Myrtle Beach or North Myrtle. But uh, what do you see around the rest of the uh, the low country on Friday Night Lights? Well, I, I think, you know, that you mentioned, you mentioned that region down there. Buford's, you know, still got to play Hilton Head. And Hilton, I don't, I don't know that Hilton Head's going to be as good as Buford, but they're going to be athletic. I mean, they're going to bring some players and, and they'll have some speed. So, I think that's a game we we'll watch. Uh, Hilton Head still has to play May River as well. You know they're they're a little bit behind because of uh, the COVID things. They they got slow start, so they got to make up these games, and uh, they're off to a, a good start in the region. But they do have to play the two best teams, and uh, between May River, Buford, and Hilton Head, two of those three are going to make the playoffs, which means uh, you know a pretty good one is not going to make the playoffs with the new with the new system or whatever. But uh, you know, it, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting night. We got so many games that have to be made up in the upstate and in the Midlands. It's really kind of hard to to kind of find out who's playing who. I mean, they're rescheduling them like crazy. You know, you don't realize, but Region Two, Five A, which has got Burns and Dorman and uh, you know that crowd, they didn't. None of those teams played Friday night. None of them were able to play a game. So. They're all at least a week behind, and I think Burns is two weeks behind. So, you know, and I and I, what we were talking about earlier about the scheduling of the games, the reason they they did it the way they did it, uh, it was because they wanted to make sure all the region games got played. And you know, it, down here, like you said, knock on wood, we've had you know kind of smooth sailing, if you want to call it. So we're going to get through the region schedule. And then, and then they can play those non-region games. But if some of them had been canceled, some of these non-region games would have been canceled, and you'd play the region. So there's a lot. There's still a lot in the Columbia area. I think I read something where like 24 of the 27 schools in the Columbia area uh, have had had to at least miss one game. So there's a lot of makeup stuff to do. So it'll it'll keep it interesting, if nothing else. I mean, there'll be some interesting games down the stretch. But uh, like like we said down here, it'll be all non-region games, and and you know except for whoever's sport play, whoever's sport playing, uh, it won't be a lot of interest in some of these other games. We're live right now with David Shelton, press writer for the Post and Courier, CSU. That's Charleston Southern beat writer. And he writes for the High School Sports Report, along with covers a ton of airtime on the radios across the Low Country, and of course right here on Southern Sports Central. Now, David, the one thing that I heard this today is that and we talk about games that matter and don't matter, and I get you want to give these kids a memory for these guys that aren't going to be in the playoffs. They got one more game added to their schedule. Is that right? Have you heard – isn't that what the commissioner said at the high school league, that they'll get an extra game? Yeah, yeah, sort of like uh, – you know, I've heard some coaches refer to it as like a bowl game, like Ashley Ridge is going to play Conway. Uh, there'll be playoff right. games going on, but Ashley Ridge and Conway are going to play that week, and – you know, you may see a couple of couple of others do that, but uh, I don't. I don't think you're going to see that a whole heck of a lot. And uh, I mean, it's cool for for Conway and Ashley Ridge. You're talking about two teams that have uh, struggled to win games, so somebody's going to have a, a good ending to their season. So, uh, you know, have at it. But I just don't. 
there's not going to be a lot of interest except in those two communities because we're going to be in the playoffs. Right. I agree with that. Now, before we get you out of here, there's uh, some skiza. Let's talk about, of course, uh, you know, those hurricanes, man, still rolling through the season, still doing their things. Any Anything going on? And, of course, I want you to talk about First Baptist, but any of the other, you know, be it uh, skiza programs, eight-man football, anybody else here around the low country, even down in the Buford area that's, that we need to keep an eye on this weekend that's uh, making some headlines uh, throughout the football nation? Well, I, I think uh, – in terms of uh, in the Charleston area, I think St. John's Christian in 1A is going to make a good run in the playoffs. Now they got they got hammered Friday night by Thomas Hayward, the two-time defending state champion. You know they, there was a lot of build-up to that game, and uh, a lot of people were waiting to see uh, how St. John's would handle it. Well, they they didn't handle it very well, but they did turn the ball over a bunch, uh, sort of like what Hammond did against First Baptist. But when you talk about First Baptist, I I still think. I mean Augusta Christian, that third place team in that in that level three A, you know, could could pull an upset. And they were given they were back and forth with First Baptist when that game got called at halftime. It was a very close game and it was one of those games that looked like it was gonna be in the fifties. Uh but uh I still think St. John I mean, uh First Baptist and Hammond are the two best teams in skis of three A. I you know, if if they're not the two teams in the finals it'll be an upset but you gotta, you know, don't don't count out Lawrence Manning. They're starting to play pretty well. They lost to both Hammond and First Baptist. Uh, maybe, probably should have beat First Baptist. Maybe First Baptist beat them by a field goal. Uh, so they're starting to play pretty well the last couple of weeks. Um, so maybe in three A, it's a little it's a little deeper than than what we're thinking. But I still think, uh, barring injury. Uh, I, I think First Baptist has got a good shot to get to the finals. And I think St. John's Christian in 1A, you know, has a pretty good shot uh, to get to the finals, um, depending on how the brackets break. But but I, I think they've got a shot. Now, David, of course, before we get you out of here, man, I want to uh, kind of get this to you as well. As uh, Well, this is just coming out. It looks like uh, May River has uh, canceled their game. So uh, we'll, we'll look into some of that. That's some of the breaking news. I'm not sure he – May River's got on their schedule, but they've uh, canceled their game for Friday night. We'll, we'll get into that one. That's breaking news right here on the air. But uh, when you look at it on the college level, David, because I don't have it about three or four more minutes with you, buddy. Now, I don't think anybody can beat your Tigers. I'm going to be honest with you, man. I think these guys, uh, you know, you've seen the dynasty years of, of Alabama. We've seen that of other teams around college football, man. But it seems like whatever Dabo fed this program that year that you guys won, that national championship in Tampa, it seems like it just continues just to roll on and roll on. I mean, watching the numbers that you guys put up against Georgia Tech, I mean, heck, the whole – other than the Falcons winning, which that right there should have told you what kind of weekend it was going to be. But uh, everybody else in the state of uh, Georgia had a pretty rough weekend. But is anybody – do you think there's anybody that can compete with what Dabo and the boys are doing in, in Clemson, no matter whether it's the Big Ten coming in or we know the Big 12 is probably not going to have much to say? Yeah, I mean – I mean, I'll say this. I think Clemson is extremely talented and very good. And, you know, I'm all about uh, whether it's high school, peewee, JV, you know, college or pro. If you got a quarterback, I mean, if you're really good at quarterback, you got a shot. And they're really good at quarterback. I mean, I think he's probably the best quarterback in the country. Uh, They'd probably have the best running back in the country. 
But I tell you, that defense just continues. Brent Venables just continues to dial it up. And, uh, you know, I mean, granted, they're, I don't think the ACC is great. But, you know, Clemson's got to be careful here in a couple of weeks. they got to go to Notre Dame. Now, I know Notre Dame is probably not as impressive, not as flashy, but, you know, that's a that's a tough road trip, depending on the weather. Uh, you know, Notre Dame's defense is pretty good, you know, so maybe they'll have something for, for the offense. But uh, other than that one, um, I, I don't know. You know, Pitt, is, Pitt beat them a couple of years ago. Uh, Boston College is playing better, but but you know, like you said, man, they're they just start so quick. As opposed to the year they won it, they were slow starters in games. You know, people would hang around, then they blow it out in the second half. Well, they're blowing people out in the first half uh, and, and playing playing backups. I mean, Hunter Helms is a walk on quarterback through two touchdown passes the other day. But uh, and good for him because he's you know Hunter Helms is a guy that could have taken a scholarship to a lot of places. I mean, he was he was recruited. He just wanted to go to Clemson and uh, learn under that system, and and uh, little did he know that with the other injuries, he was going to get to play some. So you know, he's uh, he's enjoying himself, and, and good for him because uh, he's a really good kid. Yeah, no doubt about it. And talking about those guys, how about uh, his former school beat? I mean, upset big time a team out of Saluda who won a state championship a year ago. Great collegiate finds a way to win big. This prize Friday night, man. That's kind of is that a shocker to you? I know that's kind of out of our territory, if you will. Even though they'll no, be playing Ocean Saturday no, next week, that'll be a big one. Not not a shocker, but Gray's got a big one this week. Gray plays Newberry this week, and uh, mm. the winner of that will win that region. And uh, and Newberry is really good. I think both these teams are in the top four in Double A ranking. So uh, Newberry will will bring them something. Uh, this will be their, they'll be their toughest game. Salute is kind of rebuilding. I mean, they're still pretty good, but they lost like 18 seniors from that championship team. So they're a little younger, but they're still very, you know, talented and competitive. But uh, Gray, Gray will find out the next two weeks how good they are. That that gray Oceanside game ought to be a fun one um, just because every year that they played, it's been high scoring, and, and, uh, and Gray will score. Gray will score. Their quarterback right now, the junior they got, is a stud. So, and they got Casey Adams as a running back. So, they're that, but they got to get by Newberry first. You know, they that Oceanside game probably is big for them because it's the two charter schools, the sister schools. But Newberry is going to be a problem for them. Yeah, no doubt about it. Now, last but not least, David, I got to ask you because we're baseball guys, man. I'm a Dodger guy, you know. I, I I was excited to see the old Kershaw step up and play some football. Excuse me, some baseball. I got switched gears with us all, but man, he looked like the days ten years ago. I mean, his breaking ball was on point. Everything it seemed like he needed to do, he was handling business right and left. But uh, what was what was your thoughts last night in Game One, and what's your thoughts as far as going forward? Because I think the next time we talk, it'll be uh, World Series will be in the book. Yeah, well, you you know my. I think you saw my tweet. There's there's only one team I hate more than the Red Sox, and it's the Dodgers. So, so yeah. I, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm going Tamp. I'm going Rays all the way, uh, but I don't think they're going to win. Uh, I think the I think the Dodgers lineup. I mean, I think they proved it to Atlanta. Uh, you know that that their lineup is really good. But Kershaw was great last night. Um, you know, and and he. You know, he needed that because his kind of postseason reputation was getting tarnished. 
a lot of people were saying, well, he's a regular season guy because he, he doesn't pitch well in the postseason, but he, he looked every bit like the regular season Kershaw last night, and that was a big lift for them because if they don't win that game one, that doubt starts to creep in. And, 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 uh, but if they, if they can win game two tonight, I really definitely think they're going to win that series uh, probably in five or six games. Yeah, should be a good one. David, man, how do we find you? How do they follow you? And uh, what's coming up next with you guys over there at the Post? Well, they can follow me on Twitter at, at dshelton66. Um, I tweet every now and then and, and uh, copy a lot, <laughs> start trouble. <laughs> and uh, and uh, and then my stuff in the Post Courier, I'll, I'll have a, a story Friday. Had released my Player of the Week today, and uh, my honor roll stuff is on Wednesday. So Wednesday is a big day for preps and Friday, and then obviously we cover football on Friday night. No doubt, man. Before we go, I do want to ask you real quick, and I'm going to remember this. I'm circling it, writing it down. Now, who was your player of the game that you released today, by the way, at the Low Country? Uh, the player of the week was Dimitri Simmons, running back out of Goose Creek uh, against Wando last week. He had, uh, I think it was 42 carries for 277 mm-hmm. yards and a couple of touches. So uh, he's a workhorse. He's not a big dude. People think you know, you know, people think, wow, 42 carries, he must be a hoss. It's like he's about 170 pounds, but he's a hard <laughs> runner. He That boy runs hard. He's a good football player. Well, man, I appreciate what you do. Man, it means a lot to have you on this show. I think you're one of the best in the biz, not just here in the low country, but around the state. you got a lot of great respect anywhere I go. A lot of people ask me about you, man, so I'm glad your health is up and doing well. And I, hope, I was hoping to see you uh, Friday night at the fort, but it sounds like you'll be somewhere else, so I'm sure we'll – Go back and forth with a few texts, and we'll be keeping up with you on the uh, World Wide Web, buddy. Thank you again, David. All right, man. Sounds good, Richie. See you. Yes, sir. There you go, ladies and gentlemen, David Shelton. You can follow him at dshelton66. Next time I get him in, I'm going to ask him what the 66 means. But that is the man with the plan, not only here in the low country, but around the great state of South Carolina. He's a prep writer for the Post and Courier, Charleston Southern Beat writer, writer for the high school sports Report and also Southern Sports Central, Bobby Harden. I mean, a ton of great airtime he gets from TV to radio. The guy deserves it because he puts in a ton of work. We got to go to break because we're up against the hour, and that means Myrtle Beach. We're coming your way with one of the guys that does, I believe, the best on the beach, and that's Brandon Dunn, a former. That's right. He was an Ole Miss Rebel back in the day. We'll talk about his Rebels before we cut him loose, but he is with WPDE Channel 15, I believe that's an ABC affiliate up on the Grand Strand. Guys, don't go anywhere. Just like that, ladies and gentlemen, we've got an hour of sports radio in the book here at Southern Sports Central. I want to thank David Shelton. He does an incredible job for us every Thursday night, 6.30. Pencil it in, write it down, and keep up with us because we're going to get you up to date and educated around the low country. And I told you this is going to be kind of one of those toast of the coast type of shows because we're going to hit it here in Charleston, and we're now up in Myrtle Beach at, uh, well, a great TV station. I grew up watching these guys over there at WPDE Myrtle Beach. And uh, they do Florence as well. Of course, he is the sports director and Ole Miss 
alumni and a Dallas native. He's now on Southern Sports Central, Mr. Brandon Dunn. What's up, buddy? How you doing, my friend? How is things? Life is good. Football is being – the conversation is, is going on. I uh, We'll get into some of these stuff up there on the Grand Strand in just a minute, man. It, for some reason, all the times that you've given me and, and, and anybody that does a show here, and I know you're on with Brandon sometimes on Friday mornings, and uh, I didn't realize you had that old Miss Hotty Toddy in the backpack there, man. That's that's pretty impressive. Are you excited about getting the lane train over there at, at that program? Yeah, I am. You know, I – it's the roller coaster when you're a uh, when you're an Ole Miss fan. It's not unlike that of a Gamecock fan. Uh, you kind of ride that roller coaster uh, each and every season. But yeah, I'm excited about Lane. I like the way he has uh, presented himself with regards to getting Ole Miss into a in, into the national picture. Uh, if we want to go where we where, where we think we could go, and we've been on the cusp a few times uh, over the last uh, ten years. I think he's going to do the right things. Um, recruiting is already picking up. You can already see the excitement, not only from the kids that are in Mississippi, but around the state of Mississippi. He's starting to do that national recruiting, which is huge for us. Uh, Hugh Freeze was able to do that to some extent, but I think Lane can really dip into Georgia, uh, Florida, and uh, Tennessee, maybe grab a couple of kids out of there in terms of uh, trying to get them away from the from the, the volunteers. I think their offense is looking really really good. Uh, take away last week's performance, which was a complete toilet bowl. But outside of that, I think that he's doing the right things. Yeah, I, I like the hire. Yeah, no doubt, man. See what he did with Alabama. I get the losses there, but man, the respect was gained in in, in many. I mean, many outside of that game. And other and other teams inside that conference, not just the East, but the West, and vice versa. You know, you got to like it, man. And how about the state of Mississippi? You got the Pirate, you got the Lane Train. I mean, you guys are uh, definitely the hottest billboards across the country, right? Oh yeah, there's no doubt about that. And you know, the good thing about us in that rivalry with Mississippi State, which really has gotten out of hand, uh, in my opinion, over the last five or six years. I think they need to tone it back a lot. I think it's been a black eye on the state. Because uh, when you've turned, when you've tuned in, especially on Thanksgiving night or on that Saturday, it's just too much nonsense going on in that game. But I think that with Lane there and Leach down in Starkville, I think they're going to back that thing up a little bit and make that more of a respectable game. That it's not a slugfest, uh, black eye to the state of Mississippi. Now, I, I'll be honest with you though, I I think Leach is having some issues down in Starkville right now, from what I've seen and what I've read, uh, in terms of trying to get some of those players on board that are not necessarily on the same page with him. And I think he's pretty much given those guys an ultimatum saying, you know, if you're not on with me, you need to hit the skids. And I know that um, they lost a, a couple of players uh, just recently. Um, the kid from actually Charleston, or uh, excuse me, from um, uh, Charlotte, uh, Christian, actually Schneider, uh, Garrett Schneider, I believe is his last name. Uh, he just went to the portal, uh, so that was a uh, that was an interesting thing to see. And I remember him coming down here and playing Myrtle Beach a couple of years ago. And he's a legit player, so uh, that was interesting to see him uh, hit the portal. Now we're live right now with Brandon Dunn, sports director for WPDE Myrtle Beach. He also covers the PD at Florence. For those who don't know, they do an incredible job. He's one of the icons down there at the beach, man. You see him come and go, but guys like Brandon Dunn just seems to stick around, and we're blessed. I'm a former 
uh, beach man myself growing up there in Surfside, man. So it's good to see you always, not only with us, but on the TVs when I go back to mom and dad's, man. Let's stick with college because we got some high school to talk. But, boy, I tell you what, I'm out there shining a clears, man. If there was ever a year that you'd want to be doing what you get to do, man, I tell you what, Jamie Chadwell, it seems like that year, and that's this year, when he gets these programs, something clicks, man. He did it at North Greenville. He did it at Charleston Southern. He's done it at another program, but now he's doing it over there with the Shauna Clears. Not the biggest offensive line, man, but they are definitely doing some big things to protect that quarterback. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. In fact, somebody brought that up today in his weekly press conference uh, in terms of not having a, an overly big offensive line. But the thing about that offensive line that a lot of people don't understand is a lot of those guys have been in the program a while. And they understand how each other works on that offensive line. They've worked extremely well together. And when you have a cognate group like that that's been around, that knows exactly what's expected, they kind of know the inner workings of how each player on that line works, it makes things work well. And it kind of justifies the fact that maybe they're not quite, you know, 6'7", 3'5", 3'10", 3'15", along that, that line. And I think they've done a tremendous job of keeping Grayson McCall upright and giving him time to get the ball to, to whomever he's looking at. And I think a lot of that, his development has also been with the help of that offensive line because Grayson has really come on strong uh, between week one and week four, which was something I brought up today. And confidence is a huge thing uh, in any sport, and anybody will tell you that. I mean, you know that. You've been around sports a long time. You start gaining confidence and not only yourself, but what the offense is trying to do and others, the players around you, it makes it a lot easier to go out and perform and win big games, which is exactly what this team is doing right now. All right, right now, Brandon Dunn, sports director over at WPDE Myrtle Beach. That, of course, an ABC affiliate up on the Grand Strand covers the beach as well as that of Florence and the PD. If you're not familiar with it, it's just a little bit west of the beach on the Grand Strand. Now, Brandon, we, we look at the great state of South Carolina. Man, I tell you what, what a great weekend it was for college sports for you guys and all of us here on Southern Sports Central, man. The, the Tigers went in and laid it down. I mean, left everything and then took it back with them. And Atlanta, the Gamecocks, do the first time ever. We talked to the SEC just a minute ago, but look at what they were able to do. Beat Auburn since maybe the first time since, I think somebody said 37, but definitely since they've been in this conference, which gives them a lot of confidence, which you just mentioned in Coastal to go to LSU, and then, like you just mentioned, with Coastal winning, let's talk about the Gamecocks, man. Do the Gamecocks, is this something that's going to transpire? You think that going to maybe kind of – definitely winning is going to help the Will Muschamp conversation die out a little bit, and then getting the news today, they get one of their guys that get eligible by the NCAA, so there's a little bit more fuel. But do the Gamecocks have a shot to go into LSU and, and do something that, quite frankly, not a lot of people thought were going to happen after losing in week one? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you got to remember, this isn't the same LSU team that walked off the field last year in that national championship game. They lost a ton, and now they're trying to figure out their quarterback situation. Muschamp, he addressed it yesterday. You know, they're not only trying to prepare for one quarterback, they're trying to prepare for three quarterbacks. I mean, who in their right mind has to sit down as a defensive coordinator and say, i got to prepare for three different quarterbacks? I mean, okay, one and two, that's fine, but now you're going to throw a third guy at me? So that makes me think that LSU doesn't know what's going on in terms of their offense. If you've got to come in and play three quarterbacks because you don't have one, much less two, then there's something going on there. And I, it would not surprise me if 
the Gamecocks go to Baton Rouge and pick up the win. Uh, that win over Auburn last week was huge for that program. And it's like you mentioned, it was big for Muschamp because he needed to get a signature win to get people off of his back, at least for another week, because he has been under the gun for the better part of two years in terms of just trying to get that program, you know, constantly winning or at least put themselves in position to be a winner each and every week. And it hadn't been that way, but maybe this may be the turning point. And uh, I, think I think they have a chance in Baton Rouge because I'm not, I'm not sold on LSU at all this year, to be perfectly frank with you. There's, they easily could be 0-3, to be honest with you. Well, maybe they'll lose another one this Friday, or excuse me, Saturday, when the Gamecocks go in to Baton Rouge. Hopefully get a little dance and get a few beads and bring it back to Columbia. We'll wait and see. But I tell you what, like we mentioned, the Tigers, man, is anybody, and I just asked David Shelton this, who does a great job down here. I know you and him go back and forth on some social media. But uh, is, is there anybody let's, – let's go outside of the ACC because I don't think anybody in the ACC can beat them. But is anybody in the country – I mean, is this maybe one of the best college football teams that we've seen in a long time? You know, I thought Alabama would give Clemson a run. But after watching what Ole Miss was able to do to Alabama a couple of weeks ago – there's your blueprint right there. Now, I think that Clemson, the way their offense is going right now, which is a complete juggernaut, and their defense is starting to get stronger each and every week, I don't see it, my friend. I don't see anybody out there. If Clemson is on their game and they're playing the way that they're capable of playing and they're only getting better each and every week, I don't see anybody in this country beating them for the championship this year. I just don't. I thought Alabama maybe – uh, when the season started, I thought, eh, maybe Oklahoma. Don't give me the nonsense uh, either about people telling me about the uh, about Ohio State or one of those teams and all that stuff. They haven't even played a game. We don't even know what they look like. And you're telling me that they they got a chance to go up against Clemson and beat Clemson, even though Clemson's played five games already? I, I'm not buying any of that nonsense. I don't think there's anybody in the country right now that can beat Clemson. And I'm not a Clemson homer. I'm not a South Carolina homer. I'm not any of that stuff. I'm just just telling me just sitting there and watching exactly what everybody else watches and, and keeping track of what's going on in college football, I don't see anybody beating that football team right now. Now, if Trevor Lawrence goes down, they, then there's maybe. You know, if they suffer an injury here and there, let's say ETN gets hurt or Trevor gets hurt or, you know, somebody on uh, defense that's a, a major contributor on defense, you know, things can change in a hurry. But if they're healthy and they're playing the way they're playing right now, no, I don't see anybody beating them. Now, that's all coming from a guy who is an Ole Miss alumni. So, there you go. Hottie Toddy's overall view of how they think college football is, if you ever wanted to know his background, as he is the sports director over at WPDE Myrtle Beach. Covers Florence as well over there. Part of that ABC affiliation up on the Grand Strand. Brandon Dunn, as we wrap up our little bit of segment of college football, we're going to turn the page. We're going backwards uh, here in a minute, that Friday Night Lights. But, you know, there are some teams that are going to be playing and some schedules that have been released there, Brandon, of the spring. Guys like me and you and do what we do, I love it, man. A, you can't give me enough of college football, and we're going to get all we can handle in the spring and the fall. Man, this is great. What are you hearing about teams around the state? Because there have been one team already said they're not going to play outside, I think, of South Carolina. Somebody else, I think, has already scratched their season. But what are you hearing around the Furmans, the Citadels, the Charleston Southerns, and anybody else out there that looks like they'll be playing in the spring season as it comes up? Well, Furman released their schedule today, um, and so they're ready to go. 
Um, they they've been practicing for I don't know three or four weeks now, uh, doing simulations, kind of kind of like a spring practice in the fall to get ready for uh, that that season they're going to play. So they've got uh, they got a, they got Walford on there. So I, I'm excited to play a little football. You know, we've got uh, in terms of Furman, we've got a couple of local guys uh, from right here on the Grand Strand that uh, will be starting for Furman this year with uh, Darren Granger, a former Conway Tiger at quarterback, and Evan Jumper along that offensive line that played uh, played his high school ball at Myrtle Beach. And uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Walford seems to be uh, ready to go as well. Now I haven't seen anything schedule-wise on, on what they plan on doing, but I'm assuming it's coming out. Chattanooga was actually on the Furman schedule, which I'm looking forward to because we have quite a few um, former players from right here too that are starting at Chattanooga. And uh, I think you'll hear a lot from a, a Lim Ford who – could have set the freshman rushing record last year if he hadn't gotten hurt. Uh, and the dude's a beast. Uh, he will be uh, playing in the NFL when it's all said and done. He's just a monster. But Drayton Arnold is their starting quarterback, played at Myrtle Beach. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. Um, just, you know, I'm, I'm, I think I'm looking forward to it more because we've got so many local guys that play at that level uh, that will get a lot of attention because you won't have the Power Five conference programs that are playing every week that take a lot of attention away from some of the smaller schools. So those guys will get a little bit more uh, exposure, uh, so to speak. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. And they'll, they'll be on national TV. They'll put them on ESPN. It'll be good for those those programs. And it'll keep you and me busy for sure, man. It's going to keep our shows, uh, as these young folks say, lit, right? We'll be lit through uh, the rest of the year and into next year. <laughs> hey, man, yeah, I get to hear about the whole lit thing all kids, the time. Man. Yeah, I saw. Yeah, I was thinking to myself, man. I tell you, I just you almost need a dictionary in some of this stuff, man. Because I thought what we said was cool. You know, when Sight came out, that was like, man, what Sight? Oh my god, this is great. These kids now, it's like finding a a, a car phone. They have no idea what a rotary phone looks like, and Sight is kind of like an inside joke. But uh, oh, I, I got I got one for. Well, I, I got a good story for you on that one. So I'm, I got the Coastal game on. My son, he's 12. He's in the car. We got the Coastal game on uh, on Wednesday. I had to go pick him up for something, and we were, we were coming home to, to watch the game. And um, they're talking about, you know, uniforms. And he said, you know, wearing the teal uniforms with the white britches and all this other stuff. My son turns to me and goes, Dad, what are britches? So that, that should tell you something right there. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I, I, think, do I, I think they're Friday pants, night. son. I mean, they're I pants. I do the same thing. Yeah. He didn't know what you know, it were. Shows there, age, right. it, it, it shows it our age, Brandon. It shows our age quickly, man. But, you know, the one thing that hasn't changed is good football on Friday nights on the Grand Strand. You got Myrtle Beach doing it. North Myrtle Beach, where they come from? Those Chiefs are handling business on Friday nights. I did see uh, some breaking news uh, about an hour ago. It looked like you guys mentioned that the um, they scheduled October 30th game between North Myrtle Beach and St. James has been canceled. And I, I'm going to kind of mm-hmm. let you get into that. But, Give me some headlines coming into this week. And, of course, touch on that one, man. I, I know there's been some conversation over at St. James that you had to put to rest uh, for the game on Friday night, which I believe they're hosting uh, or playing against uh, Carolina Fourth. That game is happening. And I saw you put that out on social media, I think, as well. Yeah, there was there was a lot of things that were written about St. James that were um, not true uh, in terms of what was written uh, last week on an article in terms of what was going on over at St. James and how all that went down, uh, which was disappointing uh, because I see it, I've seen it too often these days that uh, 
some people want to get a story out there just to get clicks, and I believe that was a click story. That's just my personal opinion because I've heard both sides of the story, and I know that what was written was not accurate whatsoever. Uh, so I'll put that one. So that was a lot of it that I put, wanted to put it to rest on, on that story. Uh, and I talked to Mark Morris over at Carolina Force just to double-check with him. I said, hey, you know, are you guys still playing St. James? Is there any issues that you have playing St. James because of the COVID issue on their junior varsity? Not their varsity, their junior varsity. And he said, no, we're playing. We're ready to go. St. James is ready to go. They're not having any issues on their varsity level. Um, we're playing football. Uh, it's a it's a region game, and we're we're going on as planned. So I said, okay, I just wanted to put that thing to bed. So that that was kind of where that 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 tweet came up, and that story came up. So uh, the other thing about St. James and North Myrtle Beach that just got canceled their game. It's a non-region game. North Myrtle Beach is in the hunt to win the region. Uh, they kicked care of business on Friday against West. Then they have that week off. I think their whole concern was. Let's just avoid the whole situation altogether, not have to play a game that doesn't matter, prepare ourselves for Myrtle Beach, which in all likelihood, if everybody does what they're supposed to do in terms of Myrtle Beach and North Myrtle Beach, then that's the region championship right there, which is obviously huge for us because it's the battle of the beach, and it's gotten really good mm -hmm. over the years. Um, because I know when I first got here, that game was one-sided. Um, for a long time. Well, that hadn't been this case uh, over the last six years. Myrtle's won a couple of games. North Myrtle's won a couple of games. They've been relatively competitive games. So I think that's where that story lined in with not with Mer North Myrtle not wanting to play St. James. And I understand uh, to a certain degree. So I agree with you now. We're live right now. Brandon Dunn, sports writer, WPDE, Myrtle Beach. That's Channel 15 up there, the ABC affiliate. Hanging out with us on a beautiful Wednesday night as we get you ready for some Thursday night lights and Friday night action and a few more other things happening around the great state of South Carolina and around the country. Uh, you know, and, and for me, you mentioned something that, that kind of go off to here a little bit that bothers me, Brandon, are these sites. And, and me and Eugene talk about this all the time. There's Facebook sites out here that these dudes, they put things out that aren't factual, and then they make comments like, well, I'm going to find out if that's really happening. And my thing is, man, if it ain't real, you don't have a fact, and you won't tag your source. I can't tell me how many times, Brandon, now you deal with this too. Guys that tell me they've got a credible source, well, do me a favor. Name your source, and then we'll move forward. But until then, don't use and abuse social media because it shuts things down, and it calls in this world that we don't need is chaos. And I know you deal with that on a regular basis as well as I do. Yeah, and that is the one thing that steams me more than anything. And, it, and, and as a journalist, we've gotten away from citing people that are supposed to be in the know. We'll say, oh, so-and-so told us so-and-so, but it's an anonymous source. Well, how do we know that source, A, doesn't have an agenda, which most of the times they do, or B, who, the source could be somebody's grandma's dog's cousin's nephew that's three designs removed from whatever the story may be. And it just, it, it just irritates me to no end. If you're going to have a source, it's like you just said, if you're going to have a source and that source is going to go on record, then have that source say, I'll, I don't have a problem putting my name on it. Because if they don't put their name on it, I wouldn't run it. Because how do you know it's mm. true or not? And it just, 
It, it just eats me. And that, that, that's the whole thing about the whole St. James story. The person that they had in there clearly had an agenda because you could read the story, um, and the information that they gave to the reporter was completely false. So now you have a story out there that they had to retract three times. They had to change it three times because the original story was incorrect. Well, if you've got to change it three times, then you probably shouldn't have run in the first place. You probably should have checked more than one source, and you probably should have checked the second source. It's like they say, there's always two sides to every story and one side of facts. Well, you got one yeah. side of the story, not the second one, and your facts are wrong. So, yeah, it just, it, it just ekes me to high heaven. Well, Brian, I first of all appreciate that. I love it, man. I love it. And people don't realize that guys like us, and there's a lot of us, all right, there's not as many of the bad guys as they like to say, the media bad guys, but there are guys like us that take what we do serious. We take it very factual. We make sure that we cross our T's, dot our I's, and then bring a few more of those along the way because we don't want – and I tell our guys at Southern Sports Central, we're not breaking news, okay? That's not what we do, all right? We will report it once it gets out and there's enough proof to put it out there on the, on the World Wide Web or on our voices that are heard on Southern Sports Central. But uh, don't be that guy because the one time you're wrong, like a bad meal, that's the one time they'll remember what we do, right? Yeah, there's no doubt about that. There's no doubt about that. And once you put a story out, especially a story like that that broke with the whole St. James thing, you're throwing people under the bus that are out there trying to protect our kids. There's nobody in their right minds that could have read that story and thought that St. James would put, A, their kids in jeopardy to play a football game for crying out loud. I mean, you've, you've got to be from Mars if you're reading that article and you think that's true. I mean, especially considering everything that these schools are going through just to have our kids go to school, much less play a sport. So that was the whole thing that eked me about that whole story was everything that was written was factually wrong. I mean, basically a flat lie. So, you know, yeah. I always make sure that I call at least three different people from each side to say, what's the deal? Where's it coming from? And is it true? Before I even run anything. So that's just that's my well, opinion. And I agree with man with the plan I mean, on the <laughs> Let me tell you something. It's like you said, once you throw that story out there and it comes back to be a lie or false, or the information is not true, not only do you lose your credibility, but you also lose the credibility within that sports department or that, that source um, or that school. And that's what we're here for, especially us here on the Grand Strand. We're, we're permanent. I mean, we're, we're primary high school athletics here. We got Coastal. We cover them a lot. Um, but when you look at us, we're, we're mostly high school athletics because that's what we have here. Um, so you lose that source, you're in, you're in a world of hurt, my friend. Yeah, and you're exactly right, Brandon. That's why you were the man with the plan on the Grand Strand, and I know it sounds like a rhyme, man, but that's just uh, – you've been doing it a long time on the Grand Strand, and you've got a lot of those guys. And, I, you know, I'm very uh, close with the Kenny Solomon family and other families that you've oh, covered, yeah. and you've been respectful. You never stepped your boundaries, right? You've never done that. And I just got to tell you, man, I appreciate it. As a former athlete and as a guy that does what you do on the radio side, and sometimes they put this mug on a TV screen from time to time, but I really 
appreciate your professionalism. And that's on all of us at Sakasti as an alumni, but also, uh, you know, just in general, man, we, we really appreciate it. And that's why, you know, I, I always ask you to come on our networks, man, because we are only as good as those sources and those ladies and the gentlemen that come on, man. So I appreciate it. Um, real quick, before we get you out of here, because we got football. I know there's a lot going on, and we covered a bunch in about 28 minutes, man. But some big headlines coming up this weekend. Uh, you know, I did see Conway's going to be playing an extra game against the team down here in Charleston, Ashley Ridge, when the season's over. You could touch on that if you'd like, but I'd really like to hear two of the big dogs still hunting. Myrtle Beach had a team that, well, there's a rivalry there. Most may not mm-hmm. know about unless you're familiar with, of course, uh, that of Hartsville and Myrtle Beach. And I think that's what played into that game because I do think Myrtle Beach is a lot better. I just think they kind of got wrapped up in some things. But what were some of the headlines that came out of last week and what are we looking for on the Grand Strand on Friday Night Lights coming up this week, buddy? Well, outside of Myrtle Beach, and and as you alluded to it, um, most people that don't know that rivalry don't understand. They probably saw that score and said, whoa, wait a minute, hold on, maybe Myrtle's not as good. Well, hold on a second. When Hartsville and Myrtle Beach play, or at least since I've been here, that game every year is tooth and nail, back and forth. It's always entertaining, and it always comes down to the end. So that game really didn't surprise me. In fact, for a moment there, I thought maybe Myrtle was going to go down, uh, but they, they figured out a way and, and got, it, got it done. So that game has always been uh, an interesting one. But I, I think the biggest thing you've got to take away from last week is a few things. In Class A, we'll start with Class A because we've got quite a few teams in our, in our area that are ranked. Uh, and each year we have the state champ seems to come from right here in Class A in our area, Let, let's be honest, with Lamar, Green C and and uh, in Lakeview, but you got a two-time defending champ in Green C Floyd's not going to the playoffs. They're out. They're done. They lost to Johnsonville last week, so there won't be a three-peat, which is a crying shame because they probably have one of the best players in the state of South Carolina and Jaquan Dixon, uh, who is just an absolute athlete who won't have a chance to to finish his senior year in the playoffs. Uh, Johnsonville is playing extremely well after a couple years of being down. Uh, they're ninth this, this week in, uh, in Class A, and they've got some players there. Lakeview, I'm not sure anybody can beat Lakeview. I don't know what the upper state has uh, outside of Lamar. I mean, I know what they have, but I don't know how good they're going to be and how COVID's affected that situation because I know that COVID's been a big deal in the upstate. But the way Lakeview is playing right now, don't be surprised if they win the state championship this year. They are that good, that talented with a lot of experience. When you look at Class 4A, everybody wants to say that their region's the toughest. Fine. But when you look at that class, that, that 4A region, states with Myrtle Beach, North Myrtle Beach, uh, West Florence, so on and so forth, that's the toughest region in the state of South Carolina, in, 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 my, in my opinion. Now, everybody can dispute whatever they want to say, but though, that, that group right there is, is good. Um, North Myrtle Beach is right there in the thick. Uh, Myrtle Beach, obviously, is right there in the thick as well. And don't forget about Carolina Forest in 5A. Um, you know, they're kind of teetering there a little bit. They probably should have beaten Sumter, to be perfectly honest with you. If they had, they would have been, you know, probably fifth, sixth in the state. Um, I believe what I heard correctly was since they won last week, I think they were going to get Goose Creek in the first round. So we'll see. But um, right. it's going to be interesting. Uh, it always is uh, with our area. And I think a lot of people – concentrate on the upstate, Columbia, 
the low country, and I think we get – I think we uh, – our area kind of gets left behind. But if you look at it each and every year, there's a lot of teams in our area. You, you're from here. There's a lot of teams in our area that are right there in the mix that either are winning state championships or on the verge of winning state championships. So, I mean, there's a lot of good football here that I think a lot of people overlook. Amen to that, buddy. And I'm going to tell you, I'll get up with you off the air on a project that I'm working for next year. That I think you'll want to get a part of it. We'll figure it all out between where, when, and how. But uh, you'll like this, and that is about giving our young athletes uh, some more attention. Because I agree with you. I think that really, I mean, even down in the lower part of the low country, down there in, in the Buford Hilton Head area, very similar to what it is on the Grand Strand. I mean, everybody just kind of relates this to the place to party. But I tell you what, there's a lot of party and come trophy time for Myrtle Beach. I think North Myrtle Beach is crawling up that radar as well. I think you see the likes of uh, Conway in the past has always had some things. Coach area get it back around. Even Sacristy, look at the – Look at the culture that Coach Hamp's building over there. It's only taken them less than, uh, what, two or three weeks? I mean, really a little longer, but not much longer because they had COVID to deal with. I mean, there's a lot happening. And then you get into West Florence and South Florence, and, man, usually we have a conversation about Wilson. I mean, those guys play a lot of great football on Friday nights. It's almost a, a, a college atmosphere in itself. So a lot of great football. Let me ask you this before we get you out of here, Brandon. we got a poll question going on. Would you like to see high school football stay the way it is and play before Labor Day? Or do you think that the commission needs to look at maybe starting us maybe the week after Labor Day and kind of doing some things and learning from some of the things we've had to change from? Yeah, I, I in fact, I had that conversation with uh, Coach Mance today at Loris. I was over there because uh, our game of the week is Aner Loris uh, this week, which the winner will most likely be the second seed and, and wrap up that uh, final playoff spot out of that region. But we were having that conversation. I've had it with a couple of coaches. I think we need to play after Labor Day, to be perfectly honest with you, for several reasons. You don't have to worry about the wet bulb. You don't have to sit there and worry about whether or not they can play because it's too hot. Um, you know, it, it's just there's a lot of – there's a lot of – I think there's a lot more positives playing after Labor Day than it is, say, playing – you know, before Labor Day. So I agree with you. I think I think in terms of COVID maybe changing a few things, I think we can look back and say, well, maybe that was a good idea, or maybe maybe that's something we need to implement uh, moving forward. Um, and and I'll be honest with you, I never really liked the fact that some teams in some regions would take four or five teams out of that region to the playoffs. I've never understood why they would do that. I think they need to stick to a, let's take the top three out of each region and we'll play the playoffs that way. Because some of these teams that are four and five, I don't think are good enough to be in the playoffs. Much less, most of the time when they get in the playoffs, that first round game, they get blown out. So what are you really accomplishing there outside of maybe adding uh, an extra week of the playoffs? Well, okay, that's great. But what are you, what are you getting out of it? So limit the playoffs, don't have it so long, and put the top three teams in each region in there and let them battle it out. I think it would make for better football, to be perfectly honest with you. That, again, that's just my opinion. Hey, man, that's why they pay you the big bucks, brother. You continue to do big things, <laughs> and as always, I greatly appreciate I tell everybody, look, hey, man, I know I tell people all the time, look, if you're looking to get rich, man, you don't want to dibble dabble in sports because it's very addictive. And uh, you'll do it, and you'll do a lot of it. Just don't try to balance out the hours to the 
what you get paid per hour because you'd be a little disappointed at the end of the day, Brandon. But, man, for all that you do over there as the sports director at WPDE, Myrtle Beach, and, of course, you cover Florence. And, again, you guys are that ABC affiliate on Channel 15, a, a flagship station on the Grand Strand. Thank you. Thank you for, for not giving up on the world of sports. You know, there's a lot of stations who, you know, one minute they're taking it serious, next minute they're not. Man, you continue to do what you do, and that's why you are allowed to be a part of so many families between Florence and Myrtle Beach. They allow you in their homes and on their phones and just in their family. You know, I speak about you on a regular basis since you've uh, graced us to be a part of our family here on Southern Sports Central. And, you know, growing up up there, man, that's home to me. You know, I live in Charleston. I live in Somerville. But home is is always going to be Surfside Beach, South Carolina, 3rd Avenue North. You know, that's just the way it works. You know, so I appreciate you, brother, and I'm always here. And I will reach out to you. I'll probably do it, you know, uh, during the day tomorrow because I don't get off the air till 9, but I do want to share some things I'm working on and get your input on some things, buddy. Yeah, yeah, give me, give me a shout, and, uh, and I'll definitely be interested to hear what you have to say. And I, I'll tell you what, the, uh, Kenny Solomon, that, that family, is, that, that's good people, man. I'm, uh, I'm proud of what he's, uh, what he's been able to accomplish and the things he's doing at Tennessee. And uh, his, mama, his mama's awesome, great lady. <laughs> Yeah, she's a firecracker, man. Yeah, no doubt. And I tell J.J. Jones, hey, man, brother, you might wear that Myrtle Beach jersey on Friday night, but we all know yep. what water you were raised on over there at Saucony High School. So you keep rocking that jersey, man. But just know that deep down, that birth certificate says Saucony, man. So uh, we'll, we'll let him have yeah, no, he's, he's this year because he's, he's going to do great things, yeah. too. Yeah, he's definitely a Saucony brave. He just he just sports that Myrtle Beach jersey. But uh, it's worked out for him. Uh, I look forward to seeing him next yeah. year in North Carolina. I think he's going to do big things. He's he's another really good kid that's uh, that's done it the right way. But I think too that his mama wouldn't let him do it the wrong way. Yeah, no doubt. Nor him or the dad. I can promise you that, buddy. God yep. bless you. God yep. bless your family. We'll talk to you soon. And until next time, stay safe, buddy. All right, my friends. Hey, thanks for having me on. I look forward to talking to you again. Always a pleasure, ladies and gentlemen. It doesn't get any better than that. Definitely up on the Grand Strand. He's the man with the plan. That is the sports director for WPDE Myrtle Beach slash Lawrence. And that would be the PD if you're following. He's an Ole Miss grad, and he's killing it here on Southern Sports Central on a Thursday night. Brandon Dunn. A short and quick break because we got to do a little bit of speed here as we're going to go from Myrtle Beach to the ATL. That's right. We're getting ready to catch up with Coach Patrick. He is the head ball coach over there with Cedar Grove. We're coming to you, Coach with a little intro. Welcome back, everybody. It is hour two, and we're in our second segment, running a little late. So we're going to keep him a little bit longer than we uh, thought we would, if he'll allow it. And that is Coach Patrick. He is the head ball coach over at Cedar Grove. The Saints are marching in, and they're hanging out tonight on Southern Sports Central. What's up, Coach? How's life in Atlanta, buddy? Hey, what's going on, Ricky? How you doing? Man, life is good, man. We got to get through this COVID thing, because I got like four or five dogs that keep barking, and I got to feed them. I got to feed them some Saints, man. I know you guys will play anybody, anywhere, anytime, and I want to send you to Abbeville. That's your first one. Circle that one. 
all right? And now I'm going to send you two or three other places, too, because these are some schools that tell me that they'll play anybody. So I'm going to help them play anybody. I'm going to bring you to them. Or they can come to Atlanta. I'm sure we'll find a spot for them. And uh, I'll find a team if I can't broadcast it. I'll find a team to broadcast it here on the network. But, uh, man, you guys keep hunting. Or I should say the Saints keep marching over in Atlanta, man. What is it about what you guys do that continues to get you guys ring on now almost every finger you got? Man, I think it's just the commitment of, you know, the kids that we have here and the coaches and the community and our administration just to be great on a daily basis. Um, we have outstanding coaching staff. Uh, we've all been together for about it's, – it's almost been about 10 years now. And, you know, very unselfish um, gentlemen. And, they, and they, they're they great coaches as well. And then on top of that, you know, we have some outstanding kids as well year in and year out. Um, we, we, we have some of the top talent in the nation. And but on top of that, they're they're even harder workers, and they just they like to compete, man. So you know we get after it and, and compete every day in practice, and that's what gives us a good product on the on the game days. Yeah, no doubt. Right now, live with a man who uh, continues to do things, and he's taking the torch and keeps running with it. The championships they just won one, by the way, years. So they got some jewelry at the end of the year last year. Of course, that's Coach Patrick, the head ball coach over there at Cedar Grove. Not only do you guys travel well in size on the bus with your players, you bring your band, you bring your fans, you bring everybody, as you did to Somerville just a couple of years ago. You guys came in here, and it ended up being a pretty good game towards the end, but you started off very strong with about 10 dudes that had D1 offers, and that's kind of a theme with you guys. You know, again, I always say it's an internal deal. It's a culture, if you will. It starts in the classroom that goes to the weight room, right? you got to teach them you got to strengthen them, and then you got to play them. And you guys do such a great job. And it started with a guy that, uh, well, I guess started this tree, who is, uh, I believe, now hanging out in Tennessee, uh, that uh, I'll let you introduce him. And, of course, uh, since then, he's had two or three other amazing coaches uh, following his footsteps. Yeah, you, you're talking about um, Coach Bonner and Coach Ray Bonner started this thing. and brought uh, me along with Coach Smith in, and Coach Smith was the head coach before I was, and now he's at um, University of Arkansas coaching running backs. And you can you can catch him on Saturdays, and he's doing big things over there at Arkansas. But it's just been, um, you know, we've had great talent here, um, great kids, and, you know, our coaches develop them each and every year. And, of course, if you want to be a, you know, a, a top prospect, it has to – get done in the classroom as well. So we have a great faculty and staff that, you know, grooms our guys, um, you know, and helps them along in the classroom. So they always have the academics to go along with their athletics. So I think we do a great job as a family at Cedar Grove, getting our guys ready for that next level and developing them um, for that next level, which is why we've had so much success putting guys in college. And, Coach, you continue to do it. I look at not only the guys that you put in college, but I look at the trophies that you put in, in, in your trophy case over there. And, again, you know, when you do it the right way, you know, it seems that the right things continue to follow, right? You put the right foot forward, and then you just kind of lead that one by step by step. And what you guys are, you know, looking at state champions 2016, 18, and 19, right? And that's 3A, right? But you guys don't just play 3A. Matter of fact, you came to Somerville two years ago and played a 5A team. The week after, if it wasn't the week, it was the next day you went to Hoover and played a team on ESPN after being on ESPN radio 
being on ESPN TV, and you beat a team in, Tal- in, in, in Alabama. You've also gone down to Miami and beaten a team. You've gone up to South Dakota or somewhere up on uh, Colorado or somewhere up Colorado. in Colorado and did Colorado. it there too. Right, Colorado, right? Where, how, how? Just kind of break this down, Coach, because I, I love the, the, the whole mindset of what you guys do. And the reason I bring out Abby, but I'm going to tell you what, they got some big dogs doing it too, and I think that would be a great matchup. And that was with all due respect. I just know some of their fans are, are looking for a matchup. And I'm like, hey, I got a couple. But I know one guy right now, I can call him right now, and he would bring his Saints into town tomorrow. You just got to let him know what time he needs to have the suits on and ready to rock. But, you know, when, when you look at what you guys are doing, Coach, again, your graduating rate is astronomical, man. It's not just what you're doing on the field, Coach. We expect that. Look how big your guys are. Bryson Allen Williams was one of your guys. His brother, Big Hurt, is now doing it big at Ohio State. And I just named two guys, Power Five guys, right? But there's multiple guys around them, way before them and even here after them, that are graduating with big honors in the classroom. Coach, tell me about how that starts before we give them all the love on the football field. Well, um, you know, when they enter as freshmen, uh, we, we kind of set, uh, you know, goals for them as, as a freshman because we all know if you struggle as a freshman, um, it's going to be a struggle for you the next three years in high school. So we kind of set that goal for all of our freshmen that come in to start their high school career off with a 3.0. And we feel like if you get a 3.0 or higher as a freshman, then you could kind of – you're setting the tone for your, you know, your academics in your high school career. And, you know, if you learn the study habits um, that you're supposed to as a freshman, it will carry you a long way your high school career. So one thing that we, we do with all of our players, not just the freshmen when they come in, on Tuesdays and Thursdays we have mandatory tutorial here at Cedar Grove. And that's not, you know, um, like a generic tutorial where everybody's sitting in one room and, you know, some some people are acting like they're doing homework and they're really on their phone or they're really listening to music or something like that. No, this is real tutorial where these guys go back to their teachers um, they're, te- they're content teachers, so they're not sitting with a coach. They're not sitting with some random person that's just sitting in the room. They go back to their teachers after school, before practice, every Tuesday and Thursday, and to get that extra work in, to get that, you know, if they need help with their homework or if they if they didn't quite understand something during the day, they get that extra work in every Tuesday and Thursday. And that's something that we have that is mandatory for all of our players, no matter how high the GPA is. That's impressive right along the way. And that kind of goes with this article that uh, I was able to catch up with. There are 420 football players from current 3A schools and around the college rosters in 2019. Now, according to a research by a guy named Steve Slay of the Georgia High School Football Historians Association, Cedar Grove, which is where this head coach is at right now, which is won, by the way, 2016, 18, and 2019, has the most with 32. Now, those include 2018 All-Classification Players of the Year, Jaden Hasselwood at Oklahoma, and seven other teams from Power Five conferences. Coach, when you read something like that, I mean, holy moly. I mean, that to me, and again, guys, let me put it in perspective. These guys don't get to go to their own stadium every day. No, no, no. Oh, no. They play in a stadium that's shared by multiple I give the word multiple other schools 
They also practice at a place where they've got to take a hose and get the dirt down because it becomes a dust bowl. Coach, you do more with less. Do you think that helps progress and helps kind of put things into motion for these guys to hustle and bustle and get up out of that side of life and get out there and get that college education? Do you think that plays a part, Coach? Oh, yeah, it definitely, you know, plays a huge part. I mean, when you talk about the adversity um, that our kids have to go through on a daily basis, it, it just helps them, you know, become stronger young men. Um, you know, when you when you talk about our practice facilities, like we don't have top-tier, you know, facilities. Um, like you said, and when it's too hot outside or if it's too dry, our field, you know, um, you know, gets really dusty. So we have to wet it before practice so it doesn't get too dusty. You know, our kids with allergies can't practice. As a, as a matter of fact, right now, our field um, and our parking lot has been under construction since before COVID has started. I mean, um, so, you know, with the COVID, it has delayed the construction. So we're actually practicing on the baseball field right now. And I'm going to tell you a thing about that. We um, – Asked to practice. There's a, a middle school probably less than 10 miles from here. Um, it's not our feeder middle school, but they have a turf field. And we asked the county, could we use the field? Guess what? We got to use the field for maybe a week, and then they came back and said we couldn't use it anymore. So it we we go through adversity each and every day. Um, it just makes our guys stronger. It makes them more hungry, um, and, and we feed off of that stuff, man. It, it, we don't let anything stop us. Any, you know, we feel like. Um, as right now, we're destined to be right here, um, and we're, we're destined to do what we're supposed to do. So we're just going to keep our head down, and we're going to keep working. We're live right now, of course, with the head coach over there. And, of course, a coach who has continued to do more. And I hate to say with less, Coach, but, Coach Patrick, you're just doing what you're doing. You're just winning games. You're finding ways to win as uh, finding reasons that you maybe not on the other end. And you're doing it not just in your state. So, so let's talk about the football games on your on your field. When you when you look at things around, and you and you understand, okay, well, I've played the best of the best. Now, of course, Coach Kareem would like to probably interject here and say, well, you haven't, because you're supposed to play us down in Griffin this year, and you can thank Corona or COVID or whatever we want to call it this week, because they saved you. Now we won't know that answer until you guys uh, put on those pads and get after it. Hopefully next year, which maybe if you can do it during an off week, and I can come down and watch, but. Outside of Atlanta, outside of the confines of Georgia, and I don't know, and you kind of can help me with this answer too, are you guys allowed to venture outside of your state lines with this COVID thing going on? And then also kind of touch on how do you find these schools, like a Somerville, which I had, you know, uh, I understand that side, but I want you to explain to these guys how this kind of stuff works, that you find a school all the way on the coast of South Carolina or you go into Alabama or you go down to Miami or you go up to Colorado. You know, how does that work? And also don't forget to talk about can you guys play this year outside of the confines of the border of Georgia? Uh, right now, no. Um, our county has been one of the toughest on the restrictions on us. Um, we we just started being able to have fans last week, and then they came back this week and said that, you know, we're back to not having fans. So our county has been – really, really tough, um, you know, as far as the COVID restrictions. So, as of right now, this year, no, we could not um, venture outside of the state 
and we even had to, you know, cancel really, really big games. Like you said, we we had to cancel our scrimmage with Griffin down there with Coach Reed. We also um, were slated to play Buford, which was um, the 5A state champion from Georgia last year. And then we were also scheduled to play Colquitt County, which is a 7A powerhouse here. Um, so we were not able to play those games. And um, all of it was because of COVID and our county just being very cautious. And they have the right to be because the area that we are in is one of the highest um, hit in Georgia with the COVID numbers. Our numbers have been very high since this, uh, this pandemic has started. And um, it, it's all just about being cautious and, 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 you know, trying to save as many lives as you possibly can. So, no, we can't travel outside, but we did get the opportunity um, to play the number five ranked 718 in the state um, this year, and we won 14-7. So we did get one um, good game in with some great competition that was kind of outside of our our, um, our classification. And normally what happens is when we're putting our schedule together, we usually have a set amount of region games that we have to play. And so – if it's seven or if it's eight region games that we have to play, we look, we try to find the best competition that we can um, to put together um, our non-region schedule. And um, we have a guy that we kind of work with, and my um, my, my assistant head coach, um, Michael Martin, does a lot of our scheduling for us. But he has a guy that he works with, and he will contact anybody in any state, um, and. You know, he kind of goes by, you know, have they won state championships? How successful have they been in the past few years? You know, are they trending up? Are they trending down? You know, things like that. How many, how many, you know, uh, ranked players do they have on their roster? Um, you know, things like that. Those are the things that we're looking for when we're scheduling opponents. Always have to be about, you know, um, you know, the stars of the players or anything like that. If we can find a good quality team that has won a lot of state championships, like the team that we played in Colorado. Um, they didn't have a whole bunch of four- and five-star players, but they had won five state championships in a row. To me, that says a lot about that program, and we wanted to play them. And, and not just because we, we feel like we can beat anybody, but we just enjoy the competition, and we feel like the better the competition, the better our guys are going to get, the better they're going to practice. And, you know, and, and it also brings more scholarships offers. If, you, if you're competing against top-tier talent each and every week, well, coaches' eyes are going to be on you. And when they see your film, they're saying, hey, this guy can play at a high level against anybody. So, you know, that's just why we do what we do. We're live right now in Atlanta, Georgia, with one of the best in the business. Coach Patrick has taken over the program and continues in stride over there at Cedar Grove as the Saints are marching in here tonight with us on Southern Sports Central. Back-to-back-to-back state championships, if you will. They continue to win them, and I say that kind of maybe prematurely because I just feel like this is their year again. They just knocked out 3A, knocking down a 7A school. So if that tells you that uh, you better bring your A game when you play in every game, I don't know what will. And, again, I can tell you this, if you're listening doesn't matter if you're in South Carolina, North Carolina, or any other school in the country. You're looking for a dogfight. You're looking to get it done on a Friday night. Reach out to us. We'll reach out to them, and we'll make it happen. They love coming to South Carolina. Coach Patrick and I have already talked about who they can visit next year right here in the great state of South Carolina. Now, Coach, 
let's talk a little bit more about this recruiting thing because I'm a little baffled. Being from Myrtle Beach, I get it that the sometimes hotel rooms are uh, are full. If you go down Myrtle Beach, and you know Myrtle Beach, I know you do. If you go down Myrtle Beach on Ocean Boulevard, some would call it the Strip. If you're not from here, you would call it the Strip, by the way. That's like everybody calling it Hot Atlanta. That's how you know they're not from Atlanta, right? That's kind of our cue. But um, <laughs> that being said, it's a packed house when you go down Myrtle Beach in, uh, in, in July. Well, right now, it's a packed house in college campuses across the country, right, Coach? So there's not as many right. vacancies as there would be. But yet you guys continue to get offers over there. You guys are continuing to fill slots, if you will. There are parents that are calling us, inboxing us, talking to us about, Coach, what do we do? How do we find a way? How do I get my kids seen and heard? Does it go on my coach? Does it go on, on my player, my son? You know, how does it go? So kind of give us, uh, if you will, a blueprint of how you guys are managing to get your athletes, scholars, or college scholarships during the COVID-19 era when it's almost an unheard of deal and you guys are still doing it at a record pace? Well, um, we're kind of taking an all-hands-on-deck approach. And what I mean by that, I mean me, my assistants, the players, and the parents, um, you know, we've come, kind of come together and come to an understanding that, you know, we cannot wait on um, the NCAA to – you know, remove this dead period, which would allow the college coaches to come back out and recruit like they would. So we've kind of taken it upon ourselves, you know, um, to put film out. You know, we're sending film out to coaches. We're putting it on social media, all social media platforms. We're emailing coaches. We're texting coaches. um, And we are doing that on a weekly basis. I mean, before we even start playing games, because, mind you, we're only – four weeks into our season because we were delayed probably the most in Georgia. I was sending practice film out. If somebody did something good in practice, I would send practice film to the coaches. Why? Because I want them to know, hey, we're still working, and this kid is still good. He's still valuable to your program. And, you know, and I'm always going to send, like, at any time, if a coach contacts me about a kid and he wants transcripts, I have that stuff already saved on my computer at home, so I'm shooting transcripts out immediately to keep that 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 wavelength going to let them know that we we feel like your program is valuable to our kids. Um, so that's how we've been kind of going about it, um, making sure that we keep in contact with with every program that recruits us, every coach that recruits us, and like I said, we're emailing film, we're texting film. We're putting it on all social media platforms. Um, we, we're having parents email coaches and in different places. So that's how we're approaching it right now. Because right now you you just can't sit back and wait on a coach to contact you as a coach, because they have so many other things that they're worried about right now. They got their own COVID stuff going on. They got games to prepare for, and they're trying to recruit an entire area. So you you just don't know when they may get to you. So it ain't nothing but. Um, you know, a few minutes out of your day to reach out to a few coaches a day to let them know that, hey, we still got good players over here at Cedar Grove and they can help your program. Live right now, wrapping it up here with a good friend of the show and a good friend off the air as well, Coach Patrick, all the way from Atlanta, Georgia. He is the head football coach of a very strong, powerful team 
out of Atlanta called Cedar Grove, where the Saints will come marching in. All you got to do is pick up the phone and reach out, my friends, and they will come at any time. And I love that about you guys. Again, I brag about you all the way down here in the uh, Carolinas, all the way here on the coastline, and tell them, look, let me tell you something. This was something that was started with Coach Bonner, and it has continued to trend. Now, I got to ask you this question. When are you guys going to play Perry Parks? You know, Coach Parks has moved up from 4A to 5A over there at Ridgeview. We had one of their dogs on the show Monday night, and I know Coach Parks is listening because uh, anytime you guys come on, man, you all are quite the fraternity of, uh, of brothers that always support one another. But have you talked to him about possibly coming into Columbia and playing against Ridgeview? No, nah, we hadn't talked about that that yet. Um, we would love to. Um, we, we, we'll probably get together on, in, a, in a couple years or next year. It just depends on how this COVID thing works. I mean, he's not afraid to play anybody either. You know, he was going to play the same team I was going to play, the 5A state champ, Buford. So that lets you know what type of program that he's built over there at Ridgeview where he feels like he can, he can come over here and pe- compete with the best. And, you know, he's one of the best, you know, offensive minds that I've ever been around, you know, and – the the guy can just coach his tail off, you know, offensively and, and scheme you up. So, I mean, we would love to play them, and I'm sure we'll, one day we'll probably just put something together and make it a big thing. Me, him, Kareem, and, uh, you know, um, uh, where is Coach Will at? I forgot the name of his school. I think it might be North North something over there in Columbia. Um, but we may put something together. Ah uh, yeah, it's Northwestern. It's Northwestern. Coach Richard, William Richardson over there, at Northwestern, and um, you know, we might just make you know make it the Ray Bonner Bowl. You never know or the Ray Bonner Classic. That that'll be something that we hey, can you I know like kick it. around and, and and that I think that'll be you know just something great for us all to compete against each other and coach against each other because we were all on the same staff as very very sure. very young coaches. You know, talking about in our early twenties. All of us were just had just finished playing, and we didn't know what we were doing in this coaching thing. But you know, we all kind of came together, and, and like you said, and we've all kind of grown and, and matured and, and learned a lot from each other. So, um, you know, that's that's definitely something we'll probably kick around in the future. Well, let me tell you, I've been blessed to have every one of you guys on the show, and all the way up to Coach uh, Jimmy Smith, who I played against in high school. He grew up right outside in Florence area, and you know, now, of course, he's over as the running back coach over there at Arkansas with the Razorbacks. And I mentioned this. They not only put out five-star players, guys, they put out five-star coaches, okay? This is just what happened in the midst of the ATL over there in Atlanta, Georgia, Cedar Grove. And just know that when y'all do this, I'm going to send Eugene down on the sideline. He'll be do the uh, – I'll give him the duty of the sideline reporting. I'll bring – we'll get Jimmy in over here, Coach Smith, to come in, and he'll do – the play-by-play with me, and we'll call that thing on Southern Sports Central. We'll even buy the trophy for you guys. So you just put it together. You tell me where, and I'll take care of the trophies and, and the cast, the broadcast it live and all that. We'll have a lot of fun. But I am serious. And the final thing I'll say, you know, you and I, and I even talked to Darnisha, who, of course, used to be uh, on the show here with me. She was my co-host. And, uh, man, what a great couple of years it was with her and I getting to do the things we were able to do and educate so many about so much as we actually – you know, this relationship between myself, Southern Sports Central, and Cedar Grove started with, you know, Bryson. You know, he was a senior, and I had seen this young man going to colleges and colleges. But he wasn't just going to, like, you know, some of the smaller schools. I don't want to name anybody, get somebody in their feelings tonight. It's too early on a Wednesday to get in your feelings. But, 
You know, he was going to Alabama. He was going to USC. He was going to Florida, which, by the way, ended up being his head coach, Will Muschamp, when he went down to Florida was where he was. But, uh, you know, and then I, you know, they agreed to come on my show and say, hey, I'm going to educate your listeners on Monday what my visit was like. I mean, and this guy was coming on everywhere. Well, sports mommy, who is his mom, was just as good, if not better, on the radio. And I said, hey, look, let me get you on the radio. Let me get you in here. And so it just really worked out. And now look what God could do. He's built so many friendships and relationships. You and I talked over the weekend, right? I mean, you and I just had a conversation, yep. I think, on Saturday, just, just a random conversation. You know, and this doesn't happen. Yep. You know, that relationship with bringing Coach Smith and finding out that I played against him in high school and him now coming into Somerville a couple of years ago doesn't happen without us crossing that first path. And that goes to Bryson, who, of course, just turned a few days older a couple of days ago. It's hard to believe. I saw his pictures in high school with that chain around his neck, and I was thinking – well, dang, he was just as big when he was 17 as he is at 20-something. I mean, this kid's been a big dog, seems like, since the first day uh, he stepped on the field, huh, Coach? Hey, and, you know, I just want to give a big shout-out to Bryson, man. He's doing his thing. You know, he's coaching. He's a GA over there at Georgia State now. And he's going to be right. one of the best up-and-young coaches and you know, in college football. And in a few years, I guarantee you, He'll be coaching somebody on somebody's defensive staff, making a dynamite impact just because of the, uh, of the mind that he has for the game, and you know he and, and he's just such a, a good person at heart. He I know he's going to take care of the players and and relate to them very well, and you know he just has so much knowledge from you know all of his experiences from here to South Carolina, and even his um his short stint in the NFL. You know he just has so much knowledge to give these young guys and these young players on and off the field. So this is a big shout-out to him, man. And, and of course, his mom, um, Darnita, man, she's always been, you know, uh, a great person to our program and the Cedar Grove family, man. She's just always been a dynamite person. I, we could call on her at any time, and she would look out even now. You know, if we needed her to do something, she would probably – you know, come up here in, in a heartbeat just to help us out if she could. So, you know, that, that family right there um, and her husband, you know, Antoine Sr., always, you know, been on point as well. And, of course, Antoine, I'm, I'm, I'm actually going up to watch Antoine this weekend at Ohio State. So, it'll be their first game. I remember you saying that. <laughs> yep. They hurt. They hurt. Hey, that, and that kid's going to be playing in the NFL. I, I do see that happening this year. And here's the crazy thing. If by chance he thinks he can come back and get a higher stock, man, for these guys that could be third and fourth rounders, they got free football going on right now, minus the chance that something else might happen. But, man, I tell you what, and, and, and you go back to Bryson, Coach Patrick, it all started where? Cedar Grove. Well, it all started at home. And I want to give I want to give Darnisha and, and, of course, Antoine credit because they have raised some five-star dudes that are definitely amazing young men now in society. But what you guys have done, with watching what y'all do, man, it's just an honor. We're very, very blessed to be affiliated with you guys. We get to call ourselves a flagship radio broadcast that you guys allow us to say y'all are part of our family. And if there's ever anything we can do to get the word out, something's happening around that campus always. And you know this personally. Call me, reach out, and do what we do. But we are going to have a reunion show with Coach Bonner and the boys, we'll call it Bonner and the boys, coming to you live on Southern Sports Central. Once the season's out of here, we already got a team ready to go. And if I got to come to Atlanta, which it sounds like a plan anyways, I'm going to do it. We can hang out and put together a, a great show, Coach. Uh, thank you so much for giving us some extra time tonight. I know we went over 
with Brandon, and you hung out a little longer than that. But you owe me a visit back to the uh, to the Low Country, bro. You kind of snuck in and out of here the other weekend. I'll leave that oh, yeah, there, man. but just know that I'm looking forward to you yeah, coming back. Yeah, that's that's my fault, man. When I I promise you, in the next few <laughs> weeks, if I get up there, I'll, I'll definitely reach out, man, and we'll go hang out, man. And appreciate you for always, you know, uh, you know, reaching out and having me on and stuff like that when I want to be on, man. I, I really appreciate you for giving us. Uh, you know, giving you giving me an opportunity to just promote my program and promote what's going on over here at Cedar Grove, man. I appreciate it. Well, I tell you what, I'll call you uh, a little later. I do want to catch up because I know Eugene and I talk about getting some swag. Well, we want to find out where your store is. We'll buy some swag. We want to we want to we want to talk some of that uh, some of that Saints over here in the Carolinas for you, man. But uh, we'll do that off the air. I'll catch up with you, buddy. But uh, God bless you, your family. We'll talk to you guys soon and tell everybody over there in the uh, the world of the Saints over at Cedar Grove. We love you guys, and we'll see you soon. Man, I appreciate you. God bless you, too. You got it, ladies and gentlemen. Look at that. We're talking to a champion. This young man has come in and kept the ball moving, kept the ship in the right direction, and is just coming out of a uh, another state championship. We got to go to a break because we're over and – hour and i know we got to get over to our guest who's coming up here right after this of course is mr wes kerr from loco sports so you don't want to go anywhere as he joins us here in hour number three the final thing i'll say about that interview guys is that you never know you never know what's behind the door if you don't open it and some doors you get to it ain't your door that's okay but you took a chance you opened it you saw what was there and look at it but here God continues to do something in our life and connecting us with the guys and girls from Cedar Grove at Atlanta, Georgia, at 3A High School. And who would have thought when I built this opportunity and God gave me this platform that I'd have a friend all the way in Atlanta, Georgia, that I could pick a phone up today and talk to him for as if we hadn't missed a beat. That being said, another good friend of ours is coming up next, and that is Wes Kerr. We're taking the bus from Atlanta, Georgia, down to the lower part of the low country, guys. Hour three, coming up next. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Yelman alongside Eugene Benton here as we are all about high school football on a beautiful Wednesday night. We've talked some college. we talked some World Series, which my Dodgers are 1-0 right now, taking on the Tampa Bay Rays, and that game two is going to be happening any minute now. So, of course, we'll get through this hour. It's going to be a short one. It's just how it goes when you're having fun. Time flies. But uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, going on to next week in Southern Sports Central. The flagship show will be live next Monday, recapping all the action from the weekend that was. Of course, Friday Night Lights. We'll talk some Thursday Night Showdowns. We'll talk some major leagues. Of course, that's going to be the World Series conversation on Monday. Eugene and myself will kick off at 6 o'clock, but it's tomorrow night. Circle that game. Circle that night, because that's a night that Brandon Biscoping, he is from Sports Unlimited, will be taking over. It's going to be a takeover of the South Carolina High School Blitz 
they're bringing back some more of that 88. That's right, the elite 88 from around the state of South Carolina will be joining him tomorrow night. I'll drop in. I'll be live at a JV game. Eugene will be dropping in. He'll be at a JV game. And we're loving all of the levels of football from the little guys to the big guys and everybody in between here on Southern Sports Central. So make sure that you tune in. If you missed the show last night, all you got to do is go to uh, Southern Sports Central on Facebook, and you'll see the show from last night, the West Foundation Sports Show with Everett Sands, former running back coach for the University of South Carolina. He's been in at Coastal, running back coach at NC State, and he also was over there at the University of Texas, San Antonio. He was a big-time running back for the Conway Tigers in his days on Friday Night Lights, and then he took that talent and broke a few records at the Citadel, but right now he's breaking records at South Southern Sports Central as he had on uh, the head basketball coach, Frank Martin, on last night. Great interview. He also had on a current player for the Rams. He also had on a uh, police officer. thought that was really great to hear him interview that young man about certain things and certain ways and how to move and how to groove and how to do things. Also, he had on a uh, former athlete, current owner of a Chick-fil-A in Columbia. So, again, the thing I love about all of our shows, guys, is we kind of uh, it's kind of like a four-horse uh, four meal. We touch about everything you can imagine, and we don't, we don't, we don't sky away from, from talking about God from time to time or love or faith or football. It's all there together. That's what this show is built on. And now let's show some love to the guys down there in the lower part of the low countries. We'll now head down, of course, with our man with the hour. That is Wes Kerr from Loco Sports. What's up, Mr. Wes? How's life in the lower part of the low country? I'm doing fine. How are you? Good, buddy. I appreciate your patience, man. I know we're running over. Got so much to cover, man. You know what I mean? Who would have thought? And everybody keeps asking us this question. How do you got – what are you all talking about? I say, like, are you kidding me? Man, we've got, we got everything to talk about. I mean, just think in a couple of weeks we'll be talking about the Masters down there in Georgia, right? I mean, there's a lot happening. And, oh, by the way, there's some Friday night football. There's some Thursday night showdowns. And all of that, but you guys down there in that lower part, man, and I got to tell you something, I really have enjoyed our partnership and working together with you guys down there at locosports.com. Man, y'all put together an incredible, I mean, an incredible articles, and then I hear some of your podcasts down there, man. It's just, what a great job you guys are doing down there, man. I appreciate you. What's happening? Well, uh, we just had some breaking news come across uh, a couple hours ago. Um, our marquee matchup of the weekend on Friday night, Hilton Head and Seahawks on the field um, at the May River Sharks. That game was canceled due to a player testing positive for COVID-19. So that game is called off uh, for Friday night. Uh, one one uh, illness football player tested positive. Uh, and so uh, uh, that really hurts for the Seahawks. It's the second time they've had to be in quarantine uh, due to a positive uh, COVID test in the organization. So uh, uh, they're 2-0 right now, but, but – uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Obviously, health and safety is, is the major concern. Um, you got to hope for uh, that the, the player who, who has this and then hopefully doesn't spread to uh, others on the team, and you hope everyone will come out of this safely. But uh, Hilton Head, right now, they're 2-0. and uh, They've only played two games in the region. Uh, they, they haven't played May River or Beaufort, uh, the two top teams in 7-4A. And, and so, uh, it, it, obviously, Hilton Head – they have to fully quarantine for two weeks. They wouldn't play. They wouldn't be able to play again until after November third, which would be uh, two weeks. And and so uh, when when they get back out there, uh, they'll they're supposed to play Colton County on, on November November seventh. That that last 
Friday of the regular season. Um, but, but the problem with this is is they haven't they, they wouldn't be able to play the two top teams in the region in May River or Buford, and and of course uh, only two teams from the region qualify for the playoffs, and, and so uh, this is going to be a, a strange situation that uh, they're going to have to decide on what to do uh, in terms of uh, how to move forward uh, if, if it doesn't get those other two games in. So uh, what they're thinking, I mean, there's certainly a lot of possibilities that are on the table. Um, Obviously, there there are some at-large teams that get into the playoffs in the lower state uh, that fills into the brackets. So, uh, uh, if Hilton Head uh, uh, wasn't able to, to play and, and uh, they they consider uh, 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 they don't put everybody in those uh, spots in, in the playoffs, and, and it might be unfair to one of those teams. Uh, so, what they would do is uh, they have at-large spots available. So, but we'll see what they happen happens there. And the other possibility is uh, Hilton Head. Um, since they're, they're supposed to play Carlton County that last week of the season, but uh, since Carlton County uh, pretty much could be uh, eliminated from contention with a loss uh, to, to Buford uh, this week, uh, what they could do instead is have Hilton and Maywood play each other for second place, and, and whoever wins that one uh, would go on to the playoffs. So it's, it's kind of, uh, it's, it's definitely, uh, it, there's a lot going on right now. Obviously, you feel for the player who, who is infected in that entire team because, uh, you just, you just hope that they're able to continue their season. You just hope that this isn't the end and, and they're, they're able to play and, and continue their season. So um, we'll see what happens uh, moving forward. But definitely uh, one of the situations where we had in the back of our mind that COVID could, could affect the high school football season. Here we are, uh, Hilton Head player testing positive and now our, our marquee game of the week. Yeah, I tell you, man, it's uh, it's an interesting conversation as we're live right now with LocoSports.com's very own West Kurt joins us here on a beautiful Wednesday night in the lower part of the low country. We're all about giving the love across the state of South Carolina as we dip down into the lower part of uh, South Carolina, down that, that Georgia-South Carolina line, if you will. Didn't have as far to go from Atlanta to down there in the Buford area. No, but you know one thing, uh, Wes, that, that, that this was kind of something that uh, I was talking to David Shelton about, and, and uh, now I kind of understand a little bit more because, because of the factor that, you know, uh, the question was asked, why didn't we maybe play games later of the region games later in the year? Because they might, they would, of course, it would mean a little more going into the end of the year. But I think the reason they did it were two fronts. Number one, West is to get the games of the region play in. Most of us have gotten that, especially at least on this side of uh, the low country. But what if, right? The what if is if you catch a situation and our thoughts and prayers are with the family that uh, that you're dealing with down there in May River. But this also, West opens up the opportunity. If it's not a region game, you can cancel that game and then go play that region game because had it be, and you guys seem to have some of those issues currently down there, that you just haven't played that many region games. Uh, your thought on the scheduling and how it may help a little bit that hopefully there's some non-region games that you guys can cancel and start to play some of those region games? Yeah, so the situation here, Hilton Head High, this is the second time this season that they've had the quarantine for two weeks, so they were already behind in their schedule. Um, so uh, the problem is for, for Hilton Head, they're just running out of weeks to finish the region schedule. They, they decided, the South Carolina High School League said, we want to get the region games done first because those are the essential games that matter in terms of playoff seating. Um, those are the business games of, 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 the, of the season. So these, those need to be played. Uh, unfortunately, Hilton and Island, they've lost so many weeks that uh, they, they may only be able to play three out of the five region games. Um, 
And of course, the, the two they haven't played were the top two teams, uh, just happened to be the top two teams in the region, May River and Buford. So it's just a, a really, really um, a, a situation that you, you just uh, wish you ha- you would have been able to avoid. But uh, unfortunately, uh, we knew the risk coming into to playing football um, in, in the fall that we would have a, a possibility that um, games would be affected because teams uh, would, ha- would have to go through uh, situations where, where they would have to shut down because um, – someone has been tested positive. So uh, it's, I think like, I think the scheduling was made uh, in the right decision, but it's just, uh, it's just hard um, during these uncertain times. It's, you're, it's almost inevitable that, that uh, at least um, some teams in around the state would be dealing with COVID situations and would have to quarantine for two weeks and, and have to um, sit out of some of the games they're supposed to play. And so uh, there's not much that, that uh, it, it, it's, not, it's hardly hard to avoid these situations, and they did the best they could. Um, they they waited out until in September to, to start playing football, and uh, they they started with the region games. Took out pretty much most of the non-region games until the very end of the season, if there was some time left over. But uh, real in this case, uh, there there hasn't been any time left over, and they haven't been able to get uh, the rest of the games in. So uh, it's just a tough situation scheduling wise, but. Uh, uh, South Carolina High School did the right thing, just uh, unfortunate circumstances that, that make clear from the situation that we're, we're now in for a win. Live right now, hanging out with our big man down there, of course, at locosports.com. West Kern talking about, uh, you know, some uh, some tough news that came out about an hour or so ago down on that side of the world as uh, the May River, one of their athletes, has tested positive for COVID. And that now has an effect not on just one team, another team, the team they were going to play on Friday night. And, uh, you know, again, safety is the up and most important. So we'll send our thoughts and prayers for the family, to all those who have been maybe around this athlete, the family. I mean, it just, again, you know, we just uh, we understand that I'm sure that he just wasn't around the players. I mean, and the family. I mean, there's a multiple uh, amount of individuals that probably have cra- uh, crossed this young man's path. But uh, we'll send out those thoughts and prayers because it is bigger than a game. We understand that. But we also do hope that, again, because you saw the commissioner put out there, this was a week that I don't think that they're going to have a whole lot of, uh, you know, we're looking possibly to move forward. You know, so we'll just have to wait and see how it works itself out as we only have about three weeks, and that's including this week, uh, with uh, the regular season. So we'll see if they move back to playoffs. Uh, We'll just kind of wait and see. Uh, I hope that they continue to do what they have to do to keep people safe, but also to keep, uh, the train moving as uh, we're getting through uh, a lot of the numbers here. Now, that being said, there are going to be some games happening tomorrow night, right? I mean, I would imagine Buford, as they continue to roll on and do the things that they need to do, uh, you know, tell me about some of the other big games that are happening down there and some of the teams that are doing big things there, uh, Wes. Absolutely. You mentioned the Buford Eagles still undefeated. Uh, right now, number eight in the, in the 4A poll, they're going to take on Colton County. And uh, I mean, the Buford Eagles, they crushed Bluffton last Friday, 47-7. to Tyler Haley has been a superstar, of course, coming back um, from, from the injury he, he suffered middle of last season, and now he's playing some lights-out football through three passing touchdowns um, against the Bluffton Bobcats. Just outmatched. Uh, Buford's just got it all. They got all the offensive weapons. Uh, two running backs went over 100 yards. Uh, they got some really nice wide receivers, T.P. Fields, uh, scoring two touchdowns. A nice deep friend as well with Marcus Goodwater. Um, and then the defensive line is outstanding, uh, maybe the best in the area with, with Iman Smalls, who's uh, been some, getting some big recruits. It was um, recruited by the Gamecocks uh, earlier this year. And Theo uh, Washington and Alvin Wilson. Uh, Alvin Wilson was a really nice strip sack, strip sack in that game. So uh, uh, 
Buford playing some outstanding football, and they're they're certainly up there with one of the top teams in 4A. Um, has the potential to make a really really uh, nice playoff run. Um, and and then on top of that, you got a, a battle between Bluffton and James Island. Bluffton searching for that that first win of the season. Uh, a tough year for for John Hop's uh, club. I mean, it's they they lost their quarterback Lee Kirkland, senior, uh, graduated last year, uh, as well as their top receiver Keem White. They've had to rebuild. Um, not um, returning many players from that from that last uh, those, those top players, but they do have some some depth still coming back, and and uh, it's, it's a tough season for any anybody um, when you had to have, bring in a new quarterback. Um, a, a quarterback really hasn't that much had most experience with uh, Nate Hoyt. Uh, I mean, it's just it's difficult to put uh, a guy in when you when you lose a lot of the, the preparation time for for a new season and. Uh, having to go straight into region play, that's just uh, some uh, results that uh, um, that just have to happen. And uh, it's unfortunate for, for those teams that weren't really to be able to take, because when you have those non-region games to start the season, normally you get, you get to have your feet wet. But uh, Bluffton, not really able to do that. But uh, I've been impressed with Nate. Well, he's get, gotten better throughout the really abbreviated season. Max has been using as well. Uh, Max Bonos-Stratton. Uh, so uh, with those two at quarterback, but, but the, the, the great um, player on that offense uh, for, for Bluffton is Kylan Simmons, who has been an outstanding running back over the years for, for Bluffton. Uh, Jalen Linder, uh, a young guy, but he's becoming a great, really, really good threat at wide receiver. Uh, he's been catching a touchdown in the last couple of games, caught another one last week. And DJ Ake is a really nice guy in the defensive line. So uh, Bluffton's got some, some up-and-coming players. Uh, I, I, like their, I think they have a good shot to get that first win against James Islander. Kind of looked a little inconsistent in that loss to Hilton last week. So I think Bluffton could get really some positive momentum from this one. Uh, and then the Whale Branch, the Whale Branch Warriors, a uh, top five team in 1A. They're going to be hosting Charleston Math and Science. And Whale Branch going off as a, a uh, fantastic win of a cross to, to clinch the region title. Jalen Reeves um, has been a great quarterback, uh, mainly a threat on the ground, but also a good passer. And then Joseph Hicks coming off a 200 yard rushing day, three touchdowns. Um, he's been a um, big guy on that roster because they uh, they lost their their big running back from, from last year, Jarius Hazel. So Hicks has been a, a a huge piece in that team and pretty good on the other end as well. So uh, and, and train on Green rushing a touchdown uh, last week. So Well Brent, they they should not have any trouble with Charleston Math and Science. Uh, just for some perspective, uh, they uh, they beat St. Um, John's thirty-three to nothing earlier on the season. St. John's beat the team that they're playing this week. Um, they, they crushed them this year, about 57 nothing. So um, it, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a, a, a game should be over quickly. So I should be able to put some guys uh, lower in the depth chart in the game later. So we'll branch shouldn't have any trouble this week. And then Battery Creek taking on North Charleston. Uh, Battery Creek won their first game, but dropped a couple after that. Uh, they, they got blanked by regulation side. Came Ocean side a fantastic team in, um, this year, and so. Really no shame in losing to them, but Battery Creek, they got a lot more good days to come. Luke Creek, Sam Sash, he's doing a great job. And so uh, Jacoby Anderson's a, a great quarterback. Uh, Jane Allen, uh, and, and he's, he's, their, he's their playmaker. He's their big star. And a couple of other uh, great guys in the office as well, like just Paul Zermay Gilbert. So, and then we look at the playoff spot in a normal year because, of course, you only have two playoff teams per, per region, normally a four. So if, if we had a normal season without COVID, uh, Battery Creek would be right in the mix for a playoff spot. So uh, you got to like what Terrence has to do in this first season. They they crushed um, Academic Magnet in that first game, and, and so now I, I think uh, Battery Creek. Uh, you got you. I think uh, Ash is, is turning this 
club in the right direction. And then went over North Charleston really cement that. So uh, we, we do the marquee game with, with Kansas, but we still have some, some uh, interesting football action here around the low country in this weekend. We just hope and pray that uh, for, for the, for the person in question that was uh, uh, gotten uh, COVID-19 and we just hope it doesn't uh, spread that, that much throughout the rest of that, um, that program. And, and we just hope for everybody's uh, health uh, that, 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 that it's, um, the person recovers uh, who, who did test positive and we hope that the entire team uh, is in good health in the days and weeks to come and then they can get back to playing football. No doubt about it. We're live right now, wrapping it up here with locosports.com. Very old West Curves. We're bringing you some love all the way down on that lower side of the state of South Carolina. Tucked away is a ton of talent and a ton of dogs doing some big things under the lights on a Friday night. You can hear it all right here on a Thursday into Wednesday night, as uh, we will always on Wednesday night have the guys here from locosports.com from uh, the 8 o'clock hour as they kick off hour number three going forward. Wes, the one question, it's a poll question, that we started off at the beginning of the show. You know, there's been some changes, right? There's been some positive things that we, I feel, that have come out of the COVID and uh, it's not starting as early. You look at the wet bulbs, not been a big conversation, cramped not happening, and I think that maybe, possibly, you know, some good football has come out of us having a little different season. Now, the question we got that we'd like to hear from you is that do you think we should move back next year and kind of continue to start the season after Labor Day to kind of help with some of those other issues with the heat and so on and so forth? Are you a guy that likes to have that season start as early as possible? You know, it's a great question. It's something to think about. Uh, we think of this pandemic, and when we think of all these people who are uh, working remotely, um, working from home, and, and you, you think that that kind of thing, and uh, that that could very well continue next year. Uh, Major League Baseball, another kind of comparison. Uh, they've been trying out some different things, like Universal DH. They've been trying to um, run to start to second base, extra innings. Uh, some of those things could could continue um, after, after this experimental year. And the same thing here. Uh, with high school football, uh, it's definitely a consideration. Of, uh, and, and you just going into a season, you're, you're practicing in the heat of July, August, and, and that is a concern. There are concerns with that uh, in terms of uh, health uh, when, when you're starting practice and, and the heat in South Carolina and the low country uh, is, is definitely a concern. And that's something that, that we'll, we'll certainly think about. And if they can get a, get a full season in, um, with a couple non-region games sprinkled in, that, that's certainly a discussion point. So maybe uh, potentially if you want to play uh, like a, a full 10-11 week season like you normally would, maybe you can push things a little, little bit back. Uh, but even just like two, two, one or two weeks from the start of what, what you normally have your season until after later there. Um, the, the, obviously, you still have heat concerns. September, you, you still do get some, some more months August, September. So that uh, may not be a big difference, but I think uh, that, that's certainly in consideration with uh, how how this season has gone, obviously COVID um, things have certainly not gone the way we wanted to with, with some cancellations and um, certain certain aspects uh, hindering the progress of the season, and that's not something you want to see. But uh, uh, it's certainly uh, debatable uh, on, on what we do from here, uh, what how we how we start the season, when we should start the season, uh, because obviously if we can get those key reading games in, that's that's important. But, but we'd also like opportunities for for those guys to play as many games as possible. So um, if you could kind of mix it in, maybe shift the schedule um, one or two weeks uh, later than, than we have it uh, 
pre-COVID. Um, that's, that's certainly a possibility. And uh, heat, um, heat is, 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 is certainly a concern here in South Carolina, here in the South. And um, it, it's, it's certainly a topic that, that could be discussed uh, uh, going forward in the next year and years to come. So, so I, I, um, something I really didn't think about that much, but it, it's, it's certainly worth bringing up and something that, that could be uh, very important in the years to come. Yeah, no doubt about it. Now, we do have our poll going on, South Carolina high school fans. Players and coaches, would you prefer starting the season after Labor Day? Okay, that's on our poll question. You can go on at SO Sports Central to tap on it and choose right now. You can say yes, no, or start it later than. Now, that, as of right now, we're about a couple of hours into this vote. We've got 45 votes with 44% yes. 51% 51% no, and 5% of you said, let's start it later than that. I don't know who those guys or one or two of you are, but nevertheless, that's what we love about where we are. You have a right to say what you say and kind of somewhat do what you do. With that, we want to thank you, Mr. Wes Kerr from locosports.com. Brother, what's coming up with you guys, and how do they find you guys when you're not on Southern Sports Central, buddy? Absolutely. Just go to locosports.com. We've got previews, recaps, uh everything you need to, to stay in touch with local sports here in, in, in the local part of South Carolina in the low country. And, and we also got a weekly podcast, a local sports on podcast. You can find an Apple podcast or wherever you get your podcast. We've got five preview episodes to football recap episodes and an interview show uh, where we get to interview some of the best players in the low country. And even further than that, some guys who are in college in the pros. We just interviewed uh, Miles Pickney from Clemson football uh, a couple weeks ago and then we got some more guys on tap um, who have been, been playing college and playing the pros all from the low country so definitely check out the local lowdown podcast on apple podcast or whatever you get your podcast and localsports.com as well where you get all the information about local sports and more here in the south carolina low country Nope, guess we must have had a little bit of technical difficulties there, uh, Kerr, but uh, we'll definitely uh, look forward to checking in with you uh, next week. Uh, definitely keep up uh, with what's going on down there with the uh, cancellation and let us know if there's uh, any new cancellations in the meantime or if there's anything changed around. It's certainly going to be an interesting uh, prospect when you, like you mentioned, uh, possibly bumping a game uh, like the game with Calden County to uh, make up those region games with three teams like that. It's going to be difficult because obviously we got the number the first place team in Beaufort and they got to fight it out duke it out on the field to see who uh, gets that second place visit but uh again man we definitely appreciate your time appreciate all you do there in the low country thank you so much man what a great interview what a great job here I actually muted my mic I was sitting here trying to put some things together didn't want to kind of uh have him to where he couldn't uh Maybe maybe kind of muffle them a little bit better, but nevertheless, I got to tell you guys, if you're looking to find some dogs down there in that lower part of the low country, some guys that are getting after it, you got to find them right there at locosports.com. They do an incredible job putting together a list of opportunities that is constantly coming out of multiple schools down there in that side of the low country. And again, I want to thank him and that team down there for being a part of what we do. And I am working on it as we speak. Oh, just wait a minute now. I'm wait, working on getting that guy and his buddy on the show to have their own show, if you will. Just got to figure out a time and a date to give them a once-a-week opportunity to come in here and just broadcast some of that education, educating our listeners and entertaining us 
as uh, we like to do here on the show. We're going to take a quick break because we got to wrap this all up. Man, it has been a hell of a show tonight on Southern Sports Central. I'm not even going to go through the list until I come back, but a short one just to break up the monotony between A, B, C, D, and coming back with some E. And that's everything for the final segment right here on Southern Sports Central. show here tonight. I'm Rich Yalbin. That is Eugene Benton. We're coming to you live from Charleston, South Carolina, just uh, on the coastline, if you will, here on Southern Sports Central. Eugene, it's been a great show, man, and it started off you and I kind of prepping them all up, kind of getting the uh, the recipe, if you will. We took a meal that you would always remember here on a Wednesday night, and the uh, I guess the appetizer. Not really, because David Shelton is uh, definitely a five-course meal in itself as uh, he does an incredible job of the Post and Courier, does a lot of things for colleges around the low country, does it uh, for multiple shows, not only ourselves here on Southern Sports Central. He's over there with Bobby Harden, which you'll hear him a lot of times on Friday afternoon, uh, and a few other shows around uh, the great state of South Carolina. Then at 7 o'clock, it was Brandon Dunn. Yep, we headed up to Grand Strand and checked out some ballers on the beach and in the PD, as he is with WPDE Channel 15, an ABC affiliate, an Ole Miss grad, by the way. Don't forget that part. Hottie Toddy, one of their favorites there. And uh, he educated us on a lot of big things that are happening. Also, clarified a bad rumor. Ladies and gentlemen, if you do not have a source, and I mean a credible source, and you won't quote your source, then keep it to yourself. Because it puts a lot of people in a lot of really awkward situations. You know, that's the worst thing I can tell you that I see. And we're going to talk about that for the rest of the show, by the way. And that's credibility. Because me and another coach over at Oceanside put something out on social media. He put it out earlier. We just happened to touch it here tonight. And uh, we'll talk about that before the end of the show. But, you know, I see social media as a very positive tool. But, boy, can it not be an abused operation. You see it on social media with Facebook pages constantly, people saying, well, I heard that they had. Well, let me tell you about I heard. If I heard, if I heard doesn't have any facts, then how about keep that to yourself until you research it and then make sure that you can put down a couple of facts to go with it. Because if it's not a factual situation, brother, it's like going and having, you know, if you go to one restaurant and let's just say, you know, you give 100 good meals, you might get one good review. But you give one bad service to one person, it's coming out to everybody. We'll talk about that here for the remainder of the show, and that is uh, our credibility and how you need to uphold yourself on social media when you decide to create a page or have a platform or anything in that matter. And at 7.30, we headed to uh, Atlanta, Georgia, where we got up with uh, Coach Patrick. He has uh, taken over the Saints, and boy, I tell you what, it started with Coach Bonner, and he has produced talented coaches across the southeast of uh, the country. In South Carolina, they've got two. In Georgia, they've got two. And in Arkansas, that's where the Razorbacks play, by the way. That's college football. They got one. And I'm sure a lot more around. Is now you're starting to see some of their players become coaches. 
like Bryson Allen Williams, who was a guest here as a senior in high school years ago. Here he is now as on the staff over there at Georgia State with a guy who comes on the show on a regular basis talking all the time about what the Panthers are doing. But, again, a great, great young man, and he comes from a great program. And, of course, always good to catch up with the Saints over there at Cedar Grove. And then the final guest just moments ago wrapping it up down in the lower part of the low country, right on the border, if you will, between uh, Georgia and South Carolina. And they butt all the way up here to the Charleston County area. And that is, of course, uh, the guys from locosports.com and West Kerr. I want to thank those guys for all that they do. And, Eugene, of course, you continue to keep up with all these great interviews and all these great conversations over there on the world of Twitter at SO Sports Central, which there seems to be a heavier-hitting dosage that people want to start it early. And we'll talk about that if you need to. Again, we've got about 20 minutes. No, we don't. we got 15 minutes for you to get in here and, uh, and have a conversation. If you want to call us live, we'll open up the lines now. Number to call is easy. It's just dial it up. One three two three seven eight four nine six eight one. Again, one three two three seven eight four nine six eight one. Call in, hang out, talk shop. If you got football, you want to talk some uh, some baseball. I'm willing. I'm able, and hey, we can make it happen. Right now, if you're following baseball, of course, uh, I'm a Dodgers fan. I may not be the happiest guy, but it's early. As of right now, we're trailing one to nothing in the top of the second. Not really worried about it. A lot of baseball left. We're kind of a two-out rally team, and I'm good with that. We did it in seven. We'll see what we happen to do the remainder of the way. Eugene, I'll bring you in for the rest of this as well, my friend. Again, great job tonight. Uh, the poll question is, of course, being led right now by those that want to start it early. You know, I just I miss the days of camp, man. I think there's a lot that comes out of guys going to camp. I know you were part of that Oceanside staff that got to go to North Carolina last year. A lot of building of character, of teammate and family and trust and values. A lot of that happens when you're away from mamas and daddies and hometowns and you got to rely on each other, right, Eugene? I mean, that's kind of one of the things I look at. But then when you start after Labor Day, you don't seem like you have to rush to get back. And I'm talking about starting school, by the way, not just football. Yeah, it was. Uh, we did that one three years in a row up in Black Mountain, North Carolina. It was a uh, a neat experience. I mean, the, the ticket on the bus was that the kids had to turn over their cell phone. So they had no cell phone access for the three days they were there. Um, you know, for coaches, and some of it, it, it's a pain in the butt. But, you know, and you're kind of like, well, you look for, forward to it, but then you kind of don't look forward to it because then you're gone for so long. And But then, you know, while you're there and then you come out of it always feeling like you got to know some, some kids and some fellow coaches a little bit better and you know you can just kind of feel like you know that there's always great parts of camp and parts that suck and uh you know we used to have a saying said uh embrace the suck you know and uh it, it was kind of a, a a mantra that kind of followed the team through uh some tough times you know when they would get down in the game or it was pouring rain or whatever you know or, or hot and somebody would always remind the team embrace the suck and just kind of brought conjured up those images back at camp and in uh the dorms with no air conditioner and, and mosquitoes and things like that but uh you know it, it was pretty cool but one thing i meant to bring up earlier um when we had shelton on i'm not sure if you saw it rich but um uh hearts and, and thoughts and prayers go out to coach art craig he's been on the show quite a few times uh 
looks like uh, he had lost a family member, flew to uh, Wichita uh, today, the funeral's tomorrow, and it's flying back um, prior to the game. You know, it was such a big, big-time game for him, uh, and that was kind of been the, the hoopla around, you know, the program is, is, you know, Friday night, you know, for the playoffs. Yet he's dealing with something that's that's bigger than football. Um, my understanding is it's a member of his wife's family. So uh, our thoughts and prayers go out to um, Coach Craig, his wife, family, everybody uh, affected by the situation, and uh, certainly hope that he will, will pray for traveling mercies. Certainly hope that he makes it back in time to coach the boys up on Friday night. I know he's the leader. He's the head coach with them boys. You know, as always, they're going to follow him and want him to be there leading them on the sidelines. So we're going to pray that he makes it back in time and makes it back safely. Yeah, my thoughts, I'll echo what you said. Thoughts and prayers, uh, Coach, uh, and, and to all your families. And I, and, and I commend you for making the right choice and doing the right thing. And, again, this football team is going to move with or without you. That, that we know. Okay, you have trained them enough. We are now looking at week five in the eye, right? And I feel like if you're not here, you've trained your coaches up. They are ready to coach up what you can't. That's why you hired them. That's why you brought them on staff. And I feel like you, again, uh, a man in faith, which I know that personally. You and I have had some solid conversations off the air. And I, and I feel without a shot of a doubt by you doing what you're doing, I, I commend you uh, for, for being at that, the spots where I really feel that it's where you need to be. Again, guys, listen, I'm, I'm going to say this, and, and I'm going to say this with a very stern voice. There's a lot more important things than Friday night. I know that's hard for me to believe on, on a show that's a sports show. But let me just – let me tell you this. Okay, this, this game called football, it, it has an expiration date on it, just like the life that God gives us. We are to make the right decision during this transition of our life that we're all in. And this is a transition, by the way. From the time you're born until the end of the, the final call that you get to make that final play in your thing called life. Make the right decision. A good friend of mine, I call him a brother, he always says, make the best next decision. We're going to make mistakes. But make, make the best decision, the next best decision. I echo that to my children all the time. Commend, uh, you know, Coach, uh, again, being where you are, I think that's the most important thing. It showed leadership in class, and it showed leadership by example. That's for you, to me, I wish you and your family, uh, you know, all the thoughts and prayers of my family here on Southern Sports Central and the network of Southern Sports Central, all of the shows here, along with our individual families, our extended families, are going to continue to pray for you, and all of our listeners are going to continue to pray for you and your family and anybody else right now who is dealing with the loss of a loved one. You know, so many times we, 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 we may not stop and, and realize how fragile this minute right now and every minute after that is, is important. You know, if you've got a birthday today, I tell you happy birthday. Maybe Eugene, that's something we start doing on the show too. We start just going, hey, if you got a happy birthday today, man, hey, hope today was the day because you earned it. You got another day, hopefully wiser, but you definitely got another day older. But uh, you know, these are things that hopefully we're seeing in 2020, and I think that's important that we understand and we highlight. Is 2020 is is has it not been the year of vision? that we appreciate sporting events, that we appreciate uh, music events. I mean, there still aren't music events happening yet. There still hasn't been a big concert happening yet, right? But when it does happen, I bet you you'll, you'll remember that first concert that you went back to. You know, I, I think it's a year of vision, a year that we, we slow down and, and appreciate the little things so that God can, can bless us back with the big things. 
maybe that's kind of where we are right now because we're not really appreciating some of that littler stuff. So we're just trying to be, uh, you know, sometimes I remember it's like I tell people all the time, you know, when I got in trouble, I was putting a thing called timeout. To me, I kind of feel like that's kind of where we are sometimes. We're in timeout, and, and it's because we're not living right. We're not doing right. We're not being the person to someone that we want somebody to be to us. You know, I echo that all the time on all of my social media. I try to be the most positive dude on social media, sometimes for myself and sometimes for others, because I believe a positive step will, without a doubt, usually follow with another positive step. Even if you get knocked back, you got to get back up and, and keep battling. You know, again, you know, we're going through a very awkward time. I know, uh, you know, Eugene said earlier in the show, he doesn't like to say the new normal or, or things like that, and I can respect that. But I think that, that we have learned a little bit more about who we are as individuals. I think families, I mean, let's think about that. I mean, I think families have, have had to reintroduce themselves. You know, remember last year at the end of the school year, kids were so tired of social media and their phones and electronics, they actually were spending time with these people called their parents, walking in neighborhoods. Heck, I didn't even know I had kids in my neighborhood until COVID came around. I mean, it motivated me to, to, to get in better shape, which I need to get more motivated because that hadn't happened lately. But all kidding aside and all the fun stuff, I'm going to say this, guys. Appreciate the moment you got because I know Coach, uh, Coach Craig is, is remembering the loss of somebody close to him, and somebody else out there has lost somebody close to them. And you don't know the last time you say goodbye to somebody on the phone might be the last time you say goodbye to them at all, or maybe the last time you see them. Remember that when you walk away. Remember that when you are so frustrated and so angry. Remember that. And, again, we're kind of having that moment, right? We do that sometimes here. That's the neat thing when you kind of uh, – you direct the steps of a show, you kind of direct the conversation of it. But this is just on my heart, and I want to share it with you. You know, I tell my kids this, and parents, I want you to listen to this. Maybe this will help you in your stress level. You know, I've got a son. He's a senior, and he frustrates me to all get out. There's no doubt in my mind he is my kid. <laughs> but you know what I don't do? I don't get mad at him anymore. Because you know why? Because when I hang the phone up, I'm mad as heck, and I'm already here stewing, and my dude's already thinking about something totally different. I ain't even thinking about what I'm talking about. So I tell him, look, I'm just going to be honest with you. You know, you're making choices that are going to have consequences. You make a good choice, you got a better chance of having a better consequence. You make a bad choice, well, there's a few conversations that I can go with that that I won't tell him that I tell, you know, he and I have on a coming to Jesus meeting, some places that he'll end up working and some things he might end up dealing with. But I don't get mad anymore. Parents, I encourage you to maybe take that step. Because a lot of these kids, they hear you. It's a, different, it's a different group than we deal with. Even in football, remember, we used to play a game called Bull in the Ring? No. Don't do that no more. You might, might get their feelings hurt. I'm not all about some of the changes. Like, you know, I get it. But you got to roll with the punches. You got to go and become time of the change. But going forward, guys, I want you to do me a favor. If you're a college athlete, I want you to get – one thing I heard Coach Patrick said, and he was a coach over there at Cedar Grove, and there's some of the key points that I heard tonight in all of our interviews. I'm going to hit about two or three of them before we get off the air. Number one, do what you got to do to get to where you got to go. All right? If, 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 it, if it's practice videos, then, my God, get you some practice videos. Your coaches all have drones flying all over the place. If you think that you pancake somebody, get that film and put that on your huddle. If you think that you caught, a, you caught the most incredible catch, then same thing. 
Whatever it is that you did, if you think that you had the most amazing practice, then get some of that amazing video and send that stuff out. You heard that, Coach, all hands on deck. So somebody asked me earlier today, and I got a phone call from a parent up on the Grand Strand, and he was asking me questions about how to handle certain things and situations. Each situation and each situation, I would say, is totally different than any other, even in your own life. What happens today is only big because it's going on right now. This time tomorrow, it will probably be a very small situation most of the time. My point to that is this, is that sometimes you just got to kind of adjust to whatever's going around. And, and when you look at everything that's happening, you got to ask yourself, did I make the best step? Did I do the best that I could do? If not, then I got to put myself in a situation. If coaches put you in a position to play that position, well, you might not be the best at that position. That's going to happen. Well, then make your do whatever you got to do to be the best at that one position because that's your position. That's where he needs you. So you grind until you can't grind no more. People tell me all the time about coaches having favorites. Well, guess what? Become a favorite. Find out what he likes. Heck, if he likes coffee, then my God, by God, go get him some coffee. If he likes whatever, then go get him whatever. Whatever it is, become the favorite. Or don't. Or don't become the favorite and become the complainer because that's probably not going to work for United. Okay. So be what you got to be to get to where you got to get. All right. I think there's been a lot of great conversations tonight. I think we've had so many great opportunities to speak to guys that have educated us on certain things and you've been able to take certain messages. You know, there's so many times that Eugene has taken over Southern Sports Central because I had to step away and he does such a great job bringing in such a great impact of conversations. You had Coach Corn on here one time all the way from the Sean and Clears of Coastal, who, by the way, top 25, undefeated season, looking great, grand, and they're balling not only at the beach, they're balling anywhere. They touch their feet on the field. That means a lot to me. I've got other shows that are coming on this platform that God's given me that touch all different types of walks of life, and it touches multiple neighborhoods that I never knew that God would utilize this platform for so many. And it's funny and interesting and yet quite amazing to see how I've met so many different individuals that do shows on this network and how God crossed our path. I can tell you really quickly, Everett Sands, I met him back when the year that Coach McKissick won that famous 600. I knew he was from Myrtle Beach because he went to the rival school that I went to, but I only met a few conversations. But I became a friend of his on a sideline that year that we won that 600 when I was covering Somerville for our legendary coach, John McKissick. And then all of a sudden, I think of Miss V. She does a show here on Thursdays. I met her at the state championship game without even having a clue that we would be building this bridge one day. I met the guy that does the Sunday night show. Guess what? He also does Friday nights on the sidelines as I carry it down to him from time to time as I cover, and he and I, along with Eddie Tilly, Fort D. That, to me, is an amazing thing. Brandon Bisco being connected to me because I do some things with some youth. He thought, Rich, can I come on your network and be a part of what you guys are doing? I'd love it because I don't know if we're going to have football on Friday nights. I said, man, love it. He has a show called Sports Unlimited every Friday morning. He came on, and he's still doing football on Friday nights. He's also a guy that does football with the Carolina Force Panthers. So we have the same field. We have the same grind, and we do it as much as we can. It's quite the family environment here. And then there's the young man that's on the other end of this thing with us, Eugene Benton. He helps raise two young men that I grew up with their father. I knew now his ex-wife at the time. 
very well. We all went to high school together. Eugene had no idea at the time that we would be working together at this level, but God did. But God also knew that he knew that all these others that he had crossed my path with early, that he would recross our path. Eugene and I look back, and we end up crossing some conversations, and we find out that we got more in conversation than, or in common than we thought we did. How cool and how small of a world it is, and today I call him a brother of mine. All I'm going to tell you is this. Out of all the conversations that I'm having here, guys, during this whole 2020, open as many doors as you can. And if the door that you open isn't your door, then just close it go to the next door and the next door and the next door. Because if I didn't open any of these doors that are open today, and I'm talking about all of these amazing individuals that are part of my family on Southern Sports Central, if I didn't open these doors, then these conversations would never be had. You take a chance. It's all life. You either want a good life or a bad life. Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery, and today is a gift. I'll leave you with that. Eugene, I appreciate what you do, my brother. You know that. I have nothing but love for everybody on our network. I have nothing but love for the support of those who believe in Southern Sports Central that have come on this show and believed in my dream and the opportunity to come on what we do. Eugene, man, thank you so much for the hours that you give this network. People don't even see because it ain't just showing up and get it done, brother. I'll give you a few seconds here to uh, sign off as I know uh, we got a big weekend ahead, bud. Yeah, man, just real quickly, just – I want to say best of luck to you and the boys tomorrow night, uh, big region game. You know, all these are kind of, you know, first for you with uh, being with the new team over there. And so uh, good luck to you guys tomorrow and Friday. And, uh, you know, I'll be watching a bunch of my, I call them my goons, guys from um, both Lucy Beckham and uh, Oceanside. I finally get to see those kids play tomorrow night. And then also on Friday night, you know, to close out the region for Oceanside. So looking forward to a big weekend in football, man. Uh you know, hopefully both both the teams that we um, are either following or, or cover the games uh, close out region championships. No better way to, to end the season than to go out on top, so to speak. Yeah, no doubt, buddy. And I do, again, uh, want to echo tomorrow night, the South Carolina High School Blitz will be a takeover. That's right, taking it over. The guys from Sports Unlimited uh, will be hosting it tomorrow night. Brandon Bisco Bank kicks off at 6 o'clock. The Elite 88 will be featured tomorrow night. Eugene and myself will drop in from some games that we're going to be handling out on the B-team side of life. Also, don't forget, Brandon Bisco Bank on Friday morning will be kicking off from 7 to 10. So we have a Friday morning show every single week. So you don't want to miss that as well. But, uh, you know, again, great night, great guests, and a great time as we're going to say so long, farewell, and until tomorrow night, take care of yourself. Appreciate what you got, guys, because tomorrow, again, not promised, but tonight, I think we hit a grand slam, and hopefully that's something that my Dodgers will do, and until then, we will be back live next Monday night, Southern Sports Central, the flagship show, and until tomorrow night, we're going to say have a great one. the challenge all you gotta do is leave it better than you found it it's gonna get difficult to